Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, it looks like a pretty decent day on the Gulf Coast, the Gulf of Mexico here in Northern Florida. Um, see what the rest of the country's doing, but uh, we've been just rained and thunderstormed and all kinds of uh, crazy stuff's happening. Um, I spent the last three days going over in excruciating detail, probably for some of you, uh, the case of uh, Judge Doty's opinion blocking uh, Brandon's illegals and the apparatchiks, you know, from uh, from you know, going after uh, social media, um, which I think they're willingly doing. I think there's a lot of coercion there. Anyway, so the point is that we've, we've really covered that to death. So I want to go into some different stuff, foreign policy, things like that from the International News Desk. Um, but what's interesting, and I'm gonna, this is my first question for Brianna, is that even though this injunction is there that Brandon can't talk uh, to social media and social media should be, should be lifting all their censorship um, from the government, uh, I'm still being censored, <laughs> as much as it was before the injunction uh, on July 4th. So I'm not really sure that anything's actually changed other than the, uh, a really great judge, a really great opinion, but uh, has it translated into action? I'm not quite sure yet. All right, let's get on to the government inquiry. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Good morning, Brianna. Good morning. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Brianna. Happy birthday to you. Congratulations on your recent birthday. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> I know you didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. I do things all the time to people. They have no idea what's coming. It's just uh, whatever pops into my head. It's like, oh, yeah, she had a birthday. There we go. Okay, fine. So, yeah, now that you're older and wiser, how's the world look to you? Well, I'm not any different. <laughs> well, it's been short time. Give it a chance. Yeah, should be interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh what so what complex theories of government oppression shall we shall we tackle today? What's uh, what's been bugging you? So one of the things that you had sent actually was the article mm-hmm. on um, the United Nations. Yeah, um, isn't that great timing? <laughs> yeah, the global shock plan. Um, but it's actually something that we had talked about before, you know, that they were talking about, like, the one thing they had to do to get a lot of people under control is mm-hmm. to have some event that creates a lot of fear so mm-hmm. that they could um, um, make everybody willfully go under their command. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's much and, easier to uh, have um, people voluntarily, you know, do stupid things than to actually try and force them. It's, it's tough to force people. Most people are resistant to force. You know, you look at the gulags, you look at, uh, you know, anytime they've had mass murders, Holocaust, things like that. People generally don't like that. They don't go willingly uh, unless they're conditioned. And the way you condition people is with fear. I mean, how would you condition an entire population of supposedly independent Americans to put on masks, lock down, stand six feet apart, and do a bunch of other stupid things that had nothing to do with COVID, which was like a mild flu bug anyway? Well, you scare the hell out of them. That's how you do it. Um, do we ever go over the mass psychosis? I think, I think about it here. Let me pull up on my, uh, on my, my computer here because this is fascinating. We did, we did many shows, I think, before you got here. We, we spent a lot of time on mass psychosis just because it's so fascinating. Do we do that by chance or no? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but it's possible. Okay. So let me give you a quick, uh, quick update, and we can get into this, this whole idea of the U.N. trying to, uh, you know, time yet another fascinating event from, like, Event 201, the pandemic, yada, yada, yada. Apparently they've been doing this for some time. I've been going back over various interesting events. I, we, yesterday I had some extra time. I had about 20 minutes, and I played the, our Benghazi stand-down tape. So we had two veterans call in. Um, saying that uh, that we didn't rescue people in Benghazi because there were actual stand-down orders. Now, it's never been confirmed by the Obama administration, obviously, but uh, we had two guys that were serving in the military at the time that said, yep, yeah, they definitely were, they were told not to rescue our people. So this kind of stuff, this kind of faking and staged events and everything else is uh, pretty common. Anyway, Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, who has been on the show, you can, you can check out his recording, uh, was on Joe Rogan, uh, I don't know, a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I'm not sure when. And they talked about mass psychosis. Robert Malone's talked about it too. A bunch of folks have. Uh, in fact, there's a, a really fabulous YouTube channel, uh, Academy of Ideas. Have you ever, have you heard of them or have you ever listened to any of their stuff? Do you know them? What is that again? Academy of Ideas. No, I don't, I don't think so. If I did, I never realized it was them. Yeah, well, they've got a whole series of... Uh, website of uh, YouTube's actually they do and they're about 15 20 minutes long and they'll just take a, an idea a period of history a psychological idea or something and expand upon it but one they spent a whole series on mass psychosis anyway so uh, what we came up with from all these sources is the four components of mass psychosis and the first one is it must be a period of prolonged isolation and of course for COVID that was the lockdowns and the stay-at-home orders and the closure of business and schools Second component is a period of time taking away things people used to enjoy. Well, that was restaurants, travel, recreation, beaches, parks, etc. Um, the third component is there must be constant, incessant, free-floating anxiety. And for COVID, that was news, propaganda, censorship, you know, going from death reports to case reports, graphs, passport stuff, uh, demonization, conformity, guilt, pressure, etc. These are all notes I took, you know, a long time ago. Uh, and the last part, there must be a single solution offered by an entity in authority. Of course, that would be Dr. Fascist. Everybody has to take the vaccine and we'll all be fine. So those are the four components of mass psychosis. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear the cures? And then, then, then we can talk about the UN article. There are three cures. The cures? Mass psychosis. You have three cures, mass psychosis. Yeah, yeah, there's a way to get out of it. Well, if there's a cause, it has to be cures. That's just, uh, you know me, I'm the eternal optimist. So I would find cures anyway. I would, I would discover them if they weren't already uh, stated. First is truth. So the cure for mass psychosis is to speak truth as far and as wide as possible, regardless of the opposition. Uh, it's stronger than their lies. And that's what we do here. And even though we're still censored, despite uh, uh, Judge Doty's opinion, 
uh, despite all the other things that are going on, despite the First Amendment and everything else uh, being violated, we still speak the truth. And the second thing we do that's also included in the cure is ridicule. Dr. Fascist, <laughs> you know, uh, illegal Brandon, um, calling uh, rhinos, uh, rhino Republicans, transgender Democrats. I mean, everything we do here is ridicule. <laughs> it really is. We have a lot of fun. Um, but that's, uh, that's something, and this is, uh, Valkov Havel is big on this. He was the, uh, the Czech leader that overthrew um, the, uh, was it Hungarian or Romanian or somewhere? I think it was Czech, overthrew the Czech dictatorship that, that the Russians put in place. Anyway, he was big on truth, and he was a poet. So, you know, and ridicule. He used to make fun of them all the time. Uh, and then the last one is parallel. Oh, no, this is the one with Belkov Havel. Here we go. Parallel structures. Belkov Havel of the Czech Republic found that organizations operating within a tyranny or mass psychosis, but not of the mass psychosis, can have far more effect because of the moral authority of the honest warriors can be more effective than political direct action. In other words, protests, riots, things like that. And I wrote my little note here. Action radio is a parallel structure to the corrupt legislatures at all levels. So we are, in fact, a parallel structure. So all the things, that, all the cures to mass psychosis, truth, ridicule, and parallel structures, we do here. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So given that, let's talk about the UN. But that's your segue. Well, <laughs> this is where you go, yeah. sure, Greg. <laughs> Here's what I think. No, One of the, yeah, go ahead. And I think the article that you had about this global shock plan to get the entire world under their control, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, just, it's something that's, like, you know, being built up and everything. Um, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I think one time I may have talked about uh, Bill Gates, like, Sears thing. Um, it's like some kind of respiratory virus. I don't remember what. It's like an acronym for a, um, a SARS. virus. SARS. Severe uh, allergic respiratory syndrome or something like that. No, no, no. no. Sorry. That's, that's severe epidemic Ooh. intravirus respiratory oh. syndrome. Ooh, that's a different one. I'm sorry. You're, you're and, correct. And okay. So the thing that this is, though, this is supposedly like this it's a fake thing right now you know it's just like a simulation that's what it's been um but of course most people don't actually believe it's going to stay a simulation or at least um it'll create a different form or something um because why on earth would you create a simulation of something you don't have any intention of doing i mean well simulation is always a a representation of something real that's why you simulate Because you're testing it. Remember Event 201? No. Okay, so Event 201 was, I think, October or November of 2019. It was basically the, the dry run of COVID. And they had a lot of different presenters and events, and they said, well, what if we have a pandemic? <laughs> which happened like two months later, right? Uh, in, in starting in January of 2020. So back in 2019, they basically rehearsed everything they were going to do. So look up Event 201. And one of the big components of Event 201 was media. How do we control media? How do we get our story out? How do we make sure that we're the only ones controlling the information? So they basically rehearsed censorship. And it basically the government, this is why uh, the idea that the judge says, well, the, the, the government extorted you know, social media and forced them into and coercion, made them censor people. No, I think they did it willingly. I think it was more of a cooperative effort. But that's just my personal thing. But Event 201, if you look at it, uh, the later panels and discussions they had were all about controlling the information. And so that uh, hydroxychloroquine info wouldn't get out there. I mean, they already knew. They knew, the, they knew what the, the 
virus was because they created it. They knew what the vaccine was because they created that, I think, long, 10 years before the virus. Um, so this is all, and of course, you talked to Judy Mikevitz, this is all planned out. But that event to Owen was a simulation. Uh, all the 2030 stuff that you've been covering, that's, they, they run that as a simulation. Will it work? And where will it work? And what about those cities that they're mapping out? You know, and all the different things that are happening there. You know, it's, it's just like a big puzzle. So you kind of put it all together, and it all comes down to the same thing. They're running models to control the world. Climate change is a model. You know, these, these simulations and models and things are all computer generated. But here's the thing. They put bad information in, so they get out false conclusions, but they go with those false conclusions because they believe they're bad information going in. They believe their assumptions, and that's usually what, what, what you know, ruins this whole thing. Anyway, that's event 201. So what did you think of this? Uh, what did you think of the article and the whole uh, UN event? Tell me more about it because I didn't actually get a chance to read it. I've been busy. So what's it say? So it, it was um, more like a generalized kind of description of it um, mm-hmm. while I was reading, but it was really <laughs> it was really in the title too. Um, the UN was going to generate some kind of emergency shock plan, like a national emergency, and it's a way that they're going to try and seize like international control over a bunch of different countries. And it reminds me of something, and I don't remember exactly what it was or when it was, but it was um, from the World Health Organization. I remember there was a lot of uproar because people were trying to get Biden not to sign it, and I guess he was going to sign it or something. I don't know if he actually did. I don't know where we're standing on that right now. Oh, but, giving away all our um, rights and giving them pandemic power and emergency powers. Is that the one? It's supposed to be some treaty. I don't yes. think he ever signed it. Yeah, okay. That was about four to six months ago. People were all upset. You know, Brandon's going to take away our rights. And it's like, he, he can't. <laughs> He's still got a constitution. You know, he can't do that. And everybody's all panicking for no reason. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I think, you know, you know he can't, and you're, you're right that he can't, but they've mm-hmm. done a lot of things that they aren't supposed to be doing anyways. So I think yes, that that true. fear is that they're going to try and do something that is legal, like they have done. Okay. Um, but the well, World Health Organization, I think, is going to drive this kind of plan with the U.N., um, because isn't it like a subpart to the United Nations? And yeah, the who is, is, is the World Health Organization. Called. Yeah, World Health Organization, UNICEF, UNESCO. There's like a bunch of them. In fact, we should make a note. If you yeah. want to go over, let's go over the structures of the UN. So we can make this our project after we've done our 2030 project, which you're doing a really great job at, by the way. Uh, I love hearing about all this stuff. But let's let's dissect the UN. Let's see what they do, what the different organizations are, what their budget is, how much the United States is contributing, uh, and uh, what we can do to get out of it. But but here's – let's take notes real quickly. Here's my big question, though. People – it's like they seem to be afraid, and they're almost afraid to resist, or they're misdirected, or they're, the fear paralyzes them. So when I hear something like – you know, the who, as I call them, the who, the distinguish them from the who, the rock group. Very great band, by the way. Um, the first thing I hear about when they say, you know, try and take our, away our rights is like, we can't do that. They can't do that. We have a constitution. We're going to resist. We're going to outlaw them. We're going to boycott them. We're going res- to do everything we can. We're going to contact our folks. I've already got a plan, but within like five seconds, you know, my brain has already come up with an entire plan to resist. But most people are like, oh, no. Brandon, it's going to take away our rights. And they start whimpering and complaining. And, you know, as I say, conservatives raise, raise complaining to an art form. <clears throat> so why? 
why, why are people, why is their first reaction fear and, and the first reaction is not a plan of resistance? I don't understand this yet. It's something doesn't compute in my brain. It's, it's part of this kind of subversion thing. And also, you know, we live in a society where for so long we've um, been blessed and we've kind of been blinded by that. We think, oh, we're free. We're so good. We don't need to do anything. We're already, you know, the greatest nation. There's nothing we need to do. We're living fine. You know, um, problems don't concern me. And, you know, I think that blind eye and then waking up to, like, what actually is happening happening and I think that's something that you know it's like why on earth would the World Economic Forum and the United Nations be bragging about all of this stuff like nobody in their right mind could actually be for this but Mm -hmm. I think it's those few psychos that are for it I guess will be for it or those that are being paid (laughs) off but you know other than that for everyone else I think it's a fear tactic like you were talking about like how they say oh we're you know, we've gotten so far. We've we've gotten so many gains. It's like, um, you can't stop us now, kind of. I think that's kind of what they're maybe trying to portray to mm-hmm. make people afraid, like they can't do anything. And so people are upset because they believe that they can't do anything, that this is just coming. Um, and I think that's because they've never, I guess, faced a, a difficulty or a threat against their freedom as they are now because everything else has been you know, subverted, or they don't actually realize that their freedom had been taken. And a lot of times, we still don't know all the freedoms that we have lost. So this to be like a big slap in the face, I think that's what fears or makes a lot of people more scared. Hmm. Does that seem reasonable? No, actually, it seems really reasonable. There's a lot of good points that you made. And as someone that was an immigrant to the United States, I've never been in that, that sort of mythical bubble of freedom. Because I've seen the rest of the world. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in Canada, which had one type of government. In Australia, was a little different government. And, of course, we're you know, strongly influenced by England. You know, we're supposedly under, under a queen for most of my life. And now, you know, um, now they've got a king who's like a total wimp. But that's another story. But uh, for a lot of my life, as a British Commonwealth person in both Canada and Australia, for my first 12 years, I was under a monarchy, technically. You know, and so I'm thinking, who is this distant person, this distant government? You know, I don't think most Canadians or Australians think of it, but technically they have uh, 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 something general. I forgot what it's called. Not an attorney general, but there's like a, um, a representative to the queen. And that's, that's authority still exists. And I remember, you know, studying World War II uh, as, you know, Canadians and Australians who were involved from the beginning, you know, 1939. Uh, Australians, maybe even earlier when uh, Japan invaded uh, China, 37. And so I had uh, parents, you know, when I was a kid in Australia in the 60s who served in World War II. So it was really direct for us. And so I've seen government, I've seen, you know, I've never seen war, but I've seen the effects and I've studied the history. And so I see what governments do. So I came to this country, you know, eyes wide open. And the first thing I noticed was the size of the federal government. And I'm 12 years old, right? And I get to this country and I'm looking around and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so here's my third country, <laughs> you know, start, time to start over. But I, I'm an observer and I'm pretty good at observing. And the first thing I noticed was how big the government was. And when I got to uh, Lexington, Massachusetts, they had a very large Air Force base nearby called Hanscom Field. That's where I ended up learning to fly. But the runways were 10,000 feet long and they were built for B-52s and C-5A galaxies and these huge transports and these huge jets were flying in and out and they're flying to Vietnam. And I looked up on the map where it was. Is it World War there? 
you know, here I am in, a, in, a, in the country that I was brought to that's already at war with another country. I thought, well, this is kind of dumb. Then I saw the size of the other country and I said, like, what are we doing there? <laughs> that country's not going to invade this country. And then I realized how big the federal government was. And then I thought to myself things that no one, you know, and I, I stopped talking about it. But, you know, when I was a kid, I was saying, you know what? I said, the next oppressive government, you know, I mean, uh, Germany had uh, Hitler and, and uh, Italy had Mussolini and Japan had Hirohito and Tojo and China had Mao and Russia had Stalin. And I said, we're going to have a turn, too. And people are like, oh, you're crazy. You know, you're, you know, they're in that bubble, right? That bubble of freedom It's never going to happen here. And I was never in that bubble. So I said, well, of course it can happen here, you idiots. <laughs> if it can happen there, it can happen here. You think the Germans thought Hitler was going to destroy their nation? No, of course not. Germany was a modern, Western, industrial, Judeo-Christian. Well, not so much the Judeo after things changed. But, um, you know, it was a modern nation. How can a modern nation, you know, um, get in such, you know, horrible dictatorship? Well, because people didn't believe it could happen. And I think... Um, yeah. What, if you if you've and never been that, in the bubble, I don't know. Who, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. Oh, and on what you're talking about, there was, um, I don't know who it was, but somebody was talking about the same kind of correlation you were talking about of you know it's mm-hmm. still being like a Western nation and stuff, mm-hmm. and so you can see a lot of similarities within the people. Um, I guess you'd say just the the Germans or the Jews, just people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time compared to people in America now. Because, you know, it's like the biggest thing people ask is, you know, like, why didn't they fight back? You know, why didn't they try and stop it before? Why Uh did they see it? Why did people support them? You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, you would have been a Nazi. You would have followed them too, Um, you know, talking about a lot of leftists and sheep like that. But also, I think Uh it's, um, I think a lot of the, Leftists, I guess you'd say, just like not particularly leftists, even conservatives and Republicans too. I think we're not. Um, everybody's necessarily um, the same Nazi in this person that's like the sheep, because I think in a way the other citizens and the Jews or sheep as well, where it's like, um, well, first off, their first line of defense is taken away, right? They don't have their, I guess, uh, Second Amendment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, but the, the Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto in, did. In fact, uh, that's, that's an interesting study that the Jews with private handguns resisted Nazis for I think a few months until the Nazis just came and gassed and burned and killed them, much like what happened at Waco uh, on a bigger scale. But yeah. 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 Private arms held them off. Yeah. Those two are actually interesting parallels. We've gone over that on the show too. But people don't resist. Yeah. Have America, how many times have Americans resisted the government? Um, uh, there's the Battle of Athens, Tennessee, where yeah, well, there was vote fraud going on. You're right. There was the bonus wars. There was a Confederacy. But how many times have Americans, Americans aren't used to resisting their government? Because really have yeah, had a reason to. Yeah, that's what they to. said about like the Jews and stuff. Like they mm-hmm. they believed that uh, because it was good for them, I guess beforehand, um, that they believed, oh, this will it'll change. You know, things will get better. They'll fix this. You know, and so mm-hmm. you know, going in, and I'm I'm sure there were some that tried to go and change things. You know, I'm not saying this is absolute, just like there is today. You know, right. I'm, I'm sure there were some that, you know, did go and try and fight, but I'm talking about, like, the majority here. Um, mm-hmm. Or they just kind of sat back and was like, you know, the people in charge are going to fix things. It's going to be <laughs> all right. You know, it's horrible. And I'll complain, but, you know, it, it'll be fine. Um, I think yeah. if I was to assume that mentality of them um, – 
because, you know, somebody had brought that up, and I thought that was, like, a really unique point of view. Which one? Which was unique? Um, That the Jews were also the sheep here. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting with um, the Jews in Germany. I had a professor uh, in college. So this is late 70s, early 80s. And he got his sister out. He was Jewish. He escaped Germany by South Africa. And then he brought his sister out. And he actually, um, uh, he, he told the story one night, and I couldn't be there. Some commitment I absolutely had to do, unfortunately. But I want to hear the story. But anyway, so we get to talking. He's a really interesting guy. Um, but, um, and, you know, he, didn't, you know we, he was obviously German. He still had the accent, you know, the whole bit. But uh, we never, we didn't know he was Jewish. And so, um, but when he told us that he, he was and that uh, the story of escaping Nazi Germany, you know, and there, there's times to fight and there's times to escape. It's like California. Why did I leave California? Not that I was, you know, going to, there's no Holocaust or anything in California. I'm not trying to equate the two. But the thing was that there was no way to win in California. There are too many leftists, too many Marxists. The opposition is too great. California is just, you're just outnumbered. You know, you can fight the rest of your life, never have any enjoyment. And, um, you know, why bother? So you get out. So that's why I came to Florida. Um, for the Jews in Germany, I mean, you can try to change the policy, but when there's the, you get an, there's like this critical mass, mass psychosis, right? Same thing we were talking about earlier. So you get a mass psychosis where the Jews are never going to win that battle, at least not until, you know, someone defeats the, you know, the Nazi government. And which is ultimately what happened. But uh, the thing to do with, with Germany, if you're Jewish, was leave. You know, you try to fix it as long as you can, but you gotta know, you got to have a plan B. you got to have an escape plan. And I don't think a lot of people do until it's too late. Those are the ones that stayed way too long. Hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. talking about elections, supposedly in Oklahoma mm-hmm. we're having, like, Board of Education elections. And yeah, you sent me stuff to on be that. completely honest, I haven't been keeping up with everything on that um, very much at all, but I do know that they've been having a lot of problems. Like, it's really um, become a problem. I guess people have been in an uproar. You know, there's been a lot of problems yelling and stuff. I guess somebody was attacked or something um, at a meeting. I don't know, but so I guess what, people what is are the real goal? this. And there's a bunch of outbreak on, like, um, oh, what are they trying to disrupt, though? There's uh, usually a reason for outbreaks like that. So it's like when they tried to disrupt the Kavanaugh hearings. I mean, because they just didn't want him in there. They wanted interruptions. Um, so what, what, what's behind the disruptions of the Oklahoma, you know, hearings and stuff? Yeah, that's the part that I haven't kept up with, um, okay. what's actually happening on the inside. But I, I do know that there's becoming lots of problems. But I can find that out and probably – discuss it next week if it's anything interesting. Yeah, let me know what you're um, And there's like a huge thing of like ballot audits and stuff, making sure that's all Mm -hmm. safe. And some people are like, oh, no, completely safe. It's fine. There's nothing wrong. (laughs) We need to double check this. You know, you can't check things that are completely online. So there's, yeah, yeah. there's a battle there too, but. Well, I never trust anybody that, that, that talks to me in absolutes. You know, whenever someone says, well, this is perfectly safe. Well, nothing's perfectly safe. Doesn't mean we don't do it. You know, Mark Twain wrote a great uh, uh, essay. Um, I'm not big on books because I'm too ADHD to read a long book, but I love it as an article. And he wrote an article called The Dangers of Staying in Bed. And basically, he, all those people that worried about train trips and boat trips, you know, most people die in bed without adventure, without uh, passion, without living. You know, they spend their whole lives in fear and they die in bed anyway. 
you know, so, so you can uh, live your life in fear and not do anything and die in bed, you know, or you can live a life of adventure and perhaps something might happen to you out there, but chances are vastly, you know, in, in favor that they won't. And uh, look at all those adventures, you know, so uh, the same thing, you know, goes on now. People are living in fear and they're almost afraid. It's like the first reaction is fear rather than resistance. The first reaction is fear rather than, you know, plan B. The first reaction is fear rather than, you know, forming a new organization or, or screaming back, writing an article or, or doing anything. And I don't know how we got to a position where Americans' first reaction was fear. That's the part I don't understand. You know, and, but this has been going on for a while. Like I say, Mark Twain noticed it too. Was, what are you people afraid of? What do you mean? You want to take a riverboat? And the riverboats were notorious for exploding because they had boilers and the ships were made of wood. So a lot of them did sink. And Mark Twain's like, we'll take the boat anyway. It's an adventure. You know, so is life an adventure or is life something to be feared? I, I'm on the adventure side, obviously. Look what we do here. <laughs> you know, a day doesn't go by. I don't say illegal Brandon. And invite the FBI KGB to yeah. uh, join us. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm really brazen about it. It's funny. <laughs> On a smaller yeah. scale, um, oh. you know, like the Farrods have their um, set up and it's like, oh, they've been set up in like three days and stuff. And a lot of people don't trust them. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, it's like, you know, no, that's fun. It's still a roller coaster, right? <laughs> it's it's funny you should say that. In three days. Yeah, no, I have not trusted permanent fares. Like we had Great America um, out in California, and they had looping roller coasters and things like that, but they were permanent. And so you knew. But if you've got, you've got a bunch of people, you know, all I imagine is pot-smoking hippies, you know, bolting together roller coasters and taking them apart <laughs> every few weeks. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not going to go ride those. But I've done aerobatics and open cockpit biplanes and felt perfectly safe. <laughs> I have. You know, it's fun. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to buy a jet. I'll, listen, I want to get my jet. I'll fly out. And I'll take you flying. We'll go upside down really fast. But that's controlled. You know, and I, it's, it's a calculated yeah. risk, sure, but it's more fun than sitting on the ground. You know, would you rather watch the Blue Angels or fly in them? <laughs> you know, it's, it's no choice for me. I want to fly with them. Yeah. I don't want to sit there on the ground. It's boring. Yeah. But uh, so, so, so where's the spirit of adventure? I had just... Uh-huh. Oh. Go ahead. Something that I just learned yesterday... And so I don't know much about this, but have, do you know Congressman Jason Crow? Heard the name, but not really familiar with the issue. So this will be new for me, too. Tell me what you know. Yeah, I, I don't know much about him either. I've never heard of him uh-huh. before this. But um, he was talking kind of like about protecting our health care information and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he was talking about how our DNA is being sold and stuff. And in the back of this, it was like... Aspen Security Forum. Um, mm-hmm. I never heard of that either. But he was talking about their DNA biological weapons that can target certain people mm-hmm. when you release them. Well, that's and that's going to take for a long time. A little bit about this on the. No, China's doing that. China, China's that's why they use TikTok. Yeah. And that's why they that's why they're they're tied in with 23andMe and Ancestry.com and all those things. Those are DNA collection services for governments. Okay. Yeah, you get to know uh, you know if your third cousin you know had uh, multiple kids with multiple different people. You know that's kind of interesting. I have friends that actually have discovered that. Um, it's kind of interesting. But but uh, you know why would you willingly give your DNA? And I thought I'm doing it just because I'm curious, as we all are. But the problem is it's a, it's a DNA collection service. And a lot of times that stuff goes to government because people have been arrested, deported, different things like that, you know, based on, on ancestry and, 
what's the other 23 and me, you know, giving their information or selling the information. So how secure is that? You know, how can you have privacy? So this is, they, they, they use this gimmick. So in other words, they can't just go ahead and, and demand your DNA because people go, ah, you're not going to have my DNA. Well, I mean, hey, don't you want to find out if you're like, you know, 5% Scottish and 5% Mongolian? Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, here's my DNA. <laughs> so people are so stupid. It's just easy to get them to coerce them into doing stuff like that. Anyway. See, that's why I but, don't trust, like, people who mm-hmm. go into, like, psychology or therapy. You know, for some people, it might be great for them. But I just mm-hmm. can't get my head around that you're telling a random stranger absolutely everything about your life. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just too weird for me. But Well, uh, it's funny you should say that. There are studies, and I remember reading this one several years ago, that it is just as effective, if not more effective, to talk to friends and family especially if they're supportive. You know, I mean, there's always unsupportive. Don't talk to them. But if you've got supportive friends or supportive family, the results are actually greater. They've also proved that antidepressants don't work. Uh, I never thought they worked anyway. Uh, I went through a really bad depression for a couple of years, and I pulled myself out of it. Didn't medicate, dealt with it. You know, I I dealt with it straight on, head on. Uh, Worked everything out, and because of that uh, success with that, I'm now free from that for the rest of my life, and I can do things like action radio, you know, fearlessly. So it's not a bad thing to have crises in your life. The question is what you do with it, because it usually happens for a really good reason. And I knew exactly what the reasons were. I'm not going to go into them now. But um, they're things that I had to solve. And so you do that. And if you avoid that. You know, if you go to counselors or, uh, I mean, I guess some people get help from them. That's fine. Um, I remember trying a couple and found it a total waste of time. Um, so I went back to what I did best, thinking on my own. <laughs> a lot of bike rides, a lot of walks, a lot of... Uh, you know, personal reflection, meditation, everything. Um, so they don't necessarily work. But if you drug or medicate or go to, you know, people, total strangers, it, it has a terrible reputation. And you look at the, um, the results of the antidepressants, school shootings, you know, mass public shootings, you know, real violence, uh, people's lives being put on hold for the time that they're medicated, you know, counselors doing all kinds of crazy things, telling kids that they can change their sex, uh, and they'll feel better about themselves and then turn into this multi-billion dollar industry. So, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in the psychological profession. But the analysis is sometimes interesting. I mean, we have an Action Radio Mind page, which goes into exactly this kind of thing. But we don't say, oh, psychologists, please tell us how to think. No, we do our own thinking. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like no matter what, all uh-huh. they're giving you is an opinion. And you say, mm-hmm. oh, it's a textbook. Well, that textbook is, you know, somebody else's opinion of, you know, well, how true. to deal with mental issues. Like, you're never going to yeah. fully understand somebody else's mind, no matter how much they tell you, because they don't even understand their own. Um, exactly. Like, the only and person that's going to truly understand you is God. So to yeah. take advice from somebody else, it could really lead you astray also. Mm-hmm. Well, here's, here's where psychology is good. The research end of it, I think, is really good. You know, I grew up with a family of narcissists, you know, really pathologically deranged, abusive, mentally, emotional people, uh, never physically, you know, so it was weird. I was fine, you know, and, you know, clothing, shelter, you know, I never, I never wanted for anything, but uh, psychologically, it was like a war, psychological warfare. And so I never understood that. I started reading psychological stuff. And if you look at what psychology teaches in terms of um, narcissists and borderlines and manic depressives, 
you know, what they now call bipolar. The patterns are very specific. In fact, I can deal with narcissists really easily now. I can see them coming a mile away um, because I know the patterns. And I know the patterns well enough, I can defeat them really quickly. <laughs> you know? So in, in terms of psychology, if you look for the research, I believe the research is really good. Um, because people who have uh, mental issues fall into very specific patterns. And well, here's a question for you. If you look into, it's, you know, the most violent people right now are the, the, the so-called transgenders, or as I call it, elective surgery and drug crowd. Um, if you look at those folks, they probably come from, you know, hormone blockers, puberty blockers, surgery to basically neuter themselves. Uh, it's like the end stage of abuse. Before that, they were probably depressed, so they were on antidepressants. Before that, especially if they were boys, they would have had uh, ADHD drugs, things like that. So Adderall, Ritalin. So you're talking about you know, young people from a very early age being drugged and then operated on. Well, no wonder they're psychotic at the end of that. Um, we need to stop that stuff. But, but that, so psycho- that's where psychology goes wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, with the transition stuff, nobody mm-hmm. has ever like just been what they are. Like, um, like if you're born a woman, you just stay woman. Like you don't do any of that. And then, huh, I regret, you know, um, what my choice, I think I should have changed my gender all that time ago, but you never hear about that. But you do hear about, you know, these, um, children that have grown up and it's like, I regret doing that. Mm-hmm. I regret, you know, mutilating myself and ruining mm-hmm. my chances. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I think because that's the same not, thing with, like, the vaccine thing. You know, yeah. the people who didn't get the vaccine um, don't regret it. So that reasons that this is a new thing that, of autism. Not mm-hmm. a single person with autism is unvaccinated. And, and I'm not talking about, like, COVID vaccine particularly. I'm talking about just, like, mm-hmm. in general, like, vaccinated. Not mm-hmm. a single one of them is unvaccinated. Well, have, have you found a study? Of, well, let's look this up right now. Uh, how many people who have never received, what's the popula- or the percentage of the people who have never received a vaccine who are autistic? Okay, let me see. Yeah, let's look that up. In the meantime, I'm going to play. According to that report, nobody, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm guessing. Let me, let me give you a minute. I'm going to play my new um, recording on our contact information. I have a new contact information thing. So let me play this. I'll give you a minute and 46 seconds to look it up. Be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. 
For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. There you go. Let's bring it back in. Your, your computer keyboard was clicking, so I just muted you for a little bit. What would you find? Uh, so a lot of it was talking about like the COVID vaccine. It was like mRNA has no effect on autism and things like that. It was all COVID-19 vaccine. It right. was hard to find That's in the algorithms. normal vaccines. But I found this one article. It's uh-huh. ndnr.com. What's it say? And it says that in a recent story on the UPI, New Shire described three separate populations of unvaccinated children and autism prevalent. Home First mm-hmm. Health Services patients in Illinois, the Amish, and homeschooled children. So, and this is all in Illinois, like the Amish and, and stuff. But yeah, um, Amish don't vaccinate. Yeah. So, and she, and it's funny how healthy yeah. they are. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So it says that this this pedi- pediatric practice has seen over thirty thousand children and delivered fifteen thousand babies, and says that there's absolutely no autism in any unvaccinated patients. Um, and they said the uh-huh. autism rate in Illinois public schools is 38 per 100, per 10,000, 38 per 10,000. But he's seen um, 30,000 children and delivered 15,000 babies. But it says that the national rate for autism spectrum disorders is 1 in 166 or 60 per 10,000. It hmm. says that there's an absence of autism in Amish populations. Mm-hmm. But the CDC says Amish have genetic connectivity that would make them different. <laughs> the, the Amish are, are otherwise known as the Pennsylvania Dutch. They're, they're like Dutch and German. <laughs> That's where they came from. You know, uh, maybe Scandinavian too. I mean, I don't know. So uh, is, is that what it is? So, so like the, the, the Germans have, uh, have low autism. Well, let's look up Germany. <laughs> so the, the, that's where the Amish came from, right? Mennonites, you know, Amish, they're all, they're all a similar, uh, similar group. We've got Marco listening in the Netherlands, too. You might find this amusing. Um, we've got a couple of articles. One in particular, the ne- Netherlands government's collapsing right now. We'll take that in the third hour. But um, now, isn't that fascinating? So that's the, it's like, do you remember the, the line about uh, Vermont? Vermont has always had um, no gun control. You can carry openly or concealed, no permit, no nothing. I mean, Vermont actually is constitutional. And they got a bunch of, of liberals like Bernie Sanders in Vermont. And they said, well, you know, and we're like, well, obviously gun control doesn't, isn't, is, is stupid and not necessary. Look at Vermont. There's no crime there or very little crime. And they're, um, you know, they don't have any gun control laws. Well, then they, you know what the liberals say? Do you, do you know the line about why, how they explain Vermont? It's really funny. What is it? Well, they say they're a homogeneous population. You know what that's code for? What? It's all white people. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's not representative because it's all white people. Well, I think that's very representative. Oh, my gosh. What it means is white people are less violent. That's their argument? Yeah. They say it's a homogeneous. <laughs> look it up. Look up Vermont and, and slash homogeneous population slash low crime. Go ahead, look it up. Go for it. That's funny. It's hysterical. Okay. Yeah. 
So, so the liberal Democrat, you know, gang cities of Hispanic and black gangs are the most violent in the country. So Vermont actually proves, you know, that the, the statistics that white people don't commit as many crimes uh, is true. But, they, they, but Vermont's the perfect test. Vermont's like the Amish of the United States when it comes to gun control. Why is Vermont so overwhelmingly white? Oh, that's hysterical. The problem with Vermont's whiteness. Oh, my oh, yeah, gosh, right. you're right. <laughs> There's so many white people in Vermont. Okay. Yes, they're peaceful, peaceful white people being productive and nonviolent and carrying guns openly and concealed. And obviously that can't happen in America because, you know, guns, there's gun violence. Well, there's no gun, not much gun violence in Vermont. But that's what they say. It's a homogeneous population. Do you see the term homogeneous population in Vermont? Let me look that up. Yeah. Homogeneous communities, homogeneous yep. workforce. Yep, yep. Yep. But, um, uh-huh. you know, talking about like the foreign, um, you're talking about like Netherlands collapsing. There's like a new, I guess, law passed in France where like the French police can now spy on citizens. Um, yeah, what's, I've got some articles on France. is a Gateway Pundit article, but um, do you know what's going on there? I mean, that'd be, that'd be if you want to look at it, we, that's part of the title of the show today. Well, the whole title is on the foreign policy stuff. So let's talk about France. So what happened to France? What happened to most of Europe? What's going on there? Well, I know like right now, France is having a ton of protests and damage, but I guess mm-hmm. they're trying to hide that. I mean, it's just getting destroyed, like crime is mm-hmm. rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who are the biggest immigrants to France? I don't know. <laughs> Algerians. And what are Algerian, uh, Algerians by religion? I have no idea. The Muslim, the Muslim country. Oh. The whole the whole of Saharan Africa, I believe, is 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 Muslim from Egypt, you know, to Morocco. So France has imported an entire Muslim population from Algeria. Uh, in fact, the Muslim populations of a bunch of countries have gone all the way up to Sweden, and totally changed Europe. Um, Britain has a huge Pakistani population, Muslim. So so remember the Crusades. Well, not that you were there, but I mean, just, you know, the whole idea that we didn't want the Muslim world taking over the Christian world. Well, guess what? (laughs) Guess what happened? The Christian world, all of a sudden, you know, in the last 20 or 30 years said, come on down. It's like the price is right. You know, like Capitol Hill, the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In, come on down. We're going to bring in a bunch of people that don't care about our country, uh, that have totally different laws, especially, you know, regarding women. Uh, and crimes against women are horrible in these countries now, and they're almost unrecognizable to what they were. I am so glad that I toured Europe when I did in 1982. Uh, basically bummed around for three months. I saw everything. And uh, climbed the Eiffel Tower all the way to the top, walked 640 steps or whatever it is, um, did everything. And, uh, and I go back now, and it wouldn't be the same. The only thing I would like to go back to is Berlin, because I, I crossed the Berlin Wall when that existed. I got there before it came down. And I went through Checkpoint Charlie. And so I've seen communism, real communism, folks. And I walked around a full day in, in East Germany, communist East Germany, way past the little, you know, you know, Moscow Platz or whatever that, uh, you know, thing was, Marx Platz, you know, the, the place they had right across the, the border. I went way, I went like 10 miles in <laughs> walking. It's like, oh, this is what communism looks like. You know, so uh, having seen it, uh, that's quite a bit different. 
Uh, so Marco says, Marco's Netherlands. He says, if you've been on tour in Europe, I'm sure you traveled more in Europe than I did. <laughs> well, yeah. In fact, there's a lot of Europeans that have traveled more of the United States than most Americans have. That's actually kind of common. But I spent, just for the, for the record, I spent three months uh, in Europe. I landed in London in um, March of 1982. And I went to, from London, all the way down to Greece, and then Italy, and then south of France, and then Austria, Luxembourg, you know, uh, Germany, you know, uh, Austria, what else they, um, got the Rhine, you know, Denmark, you know, Holland, Sweden, uh, all these other places, top of France, uh, over to uh, the British Isles, uh, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, uh, a bunch of countries. Or oh, they say France, I mentioned them. Yeah, France, Greece, Italy, what else did I go? Luxembourg, no, Liechtenstein, I'm going to Luxembourg, uh, Belgium, Holland, um, Sweden, Denmark, yeah, Ireland, Scotland, England, and Wales. Yeah, Britain and Wales. It's quite a trip. You should try it. Yeah. Brianna. <laughs> Traveling's fun. Um, I, so, so, I do have something else that's funny that I think you're yes. going to laugh at. Um, Tell me. So in Oklahoma, you know the Tulsa Race Massacre? No. What's that? Really? Okay. Well, I'm not um, lying to you. I, you. I don't know everything. I'm working on it. <laughs> give me, give me a chance. I guess in tough, like maybe the, the '60s or something. I honestly don't know which year it was. Here, let me see. Uh-huh. Um, I was young then. But yeah, there's this like um, Black Wall Street or something. I think is what they called it. Tulsa um, Race Massacre. Is that what you said? Yeah, and so okay. a bunch of people came, and I guess were um, burning down the city, the city area where a lot of the blacks had lived. A lot of them died, I guess. Huh. Pianki's on the line. He's on uh, live chat. Uh, he's talking about the face. He says the face of homicide in the United States is that the black male, 15 to 34. Uh, years. Uh, the rate of homicide is 219 per 100,000. White males are 8 per 100,000. Black females, 16 per 100,000. When two blacks meet on the street in Vermont, it's like Lassie come home. <laughs> yeah. How many black people are in Vermont? First of all, it's cold up there. You know, so that's, uh, uh, that's interesting. But there's a lot of Jamaicans in Toronto, so that doesn't necessarily follow. Yeah, so Vermont's an interesting test case, just as Amish are. You know, you've got a homogeneous population, right? Not a lot of crime in the Amish. Do the Amish carry guns? I'm not sure. Mm. Huh. Anyway. I think so. To, yeah, I mean, why not, right? But I mean, they're, they're okay, so Google Wikipedia, I should say. Wikipedia, you know, the most Uh-oh. trustworthy source. <laughs> of course. Um, we only have the best sources here. <laughs> the Tulsa Race Massacre, also known as the Tulsa Race Riot, or the Black Wall Street Massacre, was a two-day-long white supremacist terrorist massacre that took place between May 31st and June 1st, 1921. Pianchi's talked about this. He's talked about basically black towns uh, where you have black-owned businesses. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, white people were you know, either forcibly excluded or, or just – you know, it was kind of persuaded not to live there, but uh, there were, you know, and there were, it was like black separatists that said, you know, the, you know, the white big cities aren't working. And so in the late 1900s, and I'm not really familiar with this, but something to look up too. Um, but they, the, there were black towns basically. And this sounds like uh, Tulsa had, yeah, had a place like this. The, Tell me about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, this was the Greenwood district in huh. Tulsa. Okay. I guess what, what, yeah, what you're talking about for this one, that's what that would be. Uh-huh. Apparently very successful. Um, yeah. These people were trying to, um, I guess, to Tulsa, I guess, the city or something, uh-huh. um, in order to get reparations for the Tulsa race massacre. And it's funny because the court just threw it and denied it. He's like, yeah, no, this is not, you can't do this. This is ridiculous. Well, a bunch of white judges in 1920. Yeah, a bunch of white judges in 1920. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, you have 100 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Uh also also during that time, so the 1920s are actually really interesting. That's the time when Calvin Coolidge cut the the national budget in half and the national debt in half, something that Trump should have done, because that's what gave us the Roaring Twenties. So the Roaring Twenties were a crazy time. And then we got, uh, when Prohibition came in, which was stupid, they tried to ban alcohol. We had all the, the rise of the mafia, you know, and Al Capone rose up. But also during that time, there was something that the Supreme Court that was doing was really horrible. It's called liberty of contract. So if you want to write down that as a, as a legal theory, and what it said was, and this is what caused a lot of the depression, a lot of the problems, the National Labor Relations Board, the rise of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, was the Supreme Court doctrine that said that uh, companies and employees have a liberty to bargain equally. And they said that the employee bargains equally with the company. It's total BS because the company management bargains collectively. The employee bargains individually. It's a complete disparity of, uh, of power. And yet that's what they were saying. That's why I was saying unions couldn't form because, you know, unions were, were a, a violation of liberty of contract. You know, the company should be able to bargain equally with the employee and the employee should bargain with the employer for, for a wage. It's a bunch of nonsense. You know, this is depression. This is still child labor laws. This is when 12-year-olds were working in factories, you know, and the company said, you know, take this job or uh, die because <laughs> you know, there wasn't unemployment. There wasn't a bunch of things because the unions hadn't formed. So it gave the rise to the unions, you know, the eight-hour day, worker safety, contracts, collective bargaining. And so the workers became equal to management, you know, through the, uh, through the unions. But for a long time, this, this Supreme Court, Supreme Court really has screwed up this country, um, and it's called liberty of contract. And if you look up the Lochner decision, that's the, the Lochner bakery, you know, and some of the other uh, Supreme Court decisions in the 1920s, or look up cases under liberty of contract, you'll see how bad it was. And they blocked unions and blocked all kinds of things. And it caused riots and it caused uh, strikes. And then they, they hired, the companies would hire uh, Pinkertons, uh, basically World War I soldiers, you know, who didn't have a job. And they ended up shooting and killing, striking workers. So we do a big labor history show. So we're coming up to our sort of, I'm gearing for our Labor Day show. We, we talk about all this stuff on Labor Day. Um, a lot of the labor history you don't get in school. But liberty of contract was the problem. So, yeah, it's, uh, the 1920s were a really interesting time. Yeah. Um, I hmm. honestly don't know that much about the 20s. I know some, but I don't know a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But something that I guess is becoming more known, there's actually a couple of things on the list. Um, mm-hmm. I can just kind of say it's obvious because there really isn't that much to them, but you can pick which one you want to talk on. So one is okay. uh, supposedly AI is okay with um, rebelling. Um, and I guess Biden accidentally made it slip that the United States was low on ammo. Now, is it true? I don't know. But he said it's because we're sending it all over to Ukraine, and Ukraine's running out. 
But um, also, um, the one thing that's coming out that more people are learning of is Gates funding ITPF, which is like an international Planned Parenthood thing. Um, it was probably created by Margaret Sanger. Um, and I guess um, Gates' dad had served on the board for Planned Parenthood. But what they're what they're doing, I guess, is trying to waive the age of consent, making like pedophilia legal. Mm. Oh, you got three huge and then, topics. Let me pull this up real fast because this is yeah. talking about um, what is it? Um, it's like the BlackRock and Biden connections, and on it, it had the same person in positions from BlackRock that are now in um, uh, Biden's cabinet. Here, let me pull it up. Just making a couple of notes here. Yeah, um, there's a ton of topics you talked about. First of all, the low on ammo. You know, uh, that's like when Obama released the names of our SEAL Team Six. You know, which he never should have done. So you talk about revealing classified information. Um, Obama put all those people in danger. In fact, there were the, there was a helicopter shot down a few weeks later. Michael Savage was big on this issue, where we lost an entire team of of, of trained SEALs. Um, that'd be the Navy Special You Know Operations Team. Um, for those listening internationally, don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, and so, and then Brandon just reveals, well, we're low on ammo. Well, we're low on ammo because we gave it all to Ukraine. But what does that tell you about our ability to wage a war if we're that low on ammo? The, you know, the, just the stuff we've given to Ukraine makes us low on ammo. First of all, you never tell that. Secondly, the enemy already knows because they know how much ammo we have. And thirdly, and someone said this on, uh, on the news, and I was thinking pretty much the same thing, send in our bureaucrats. We've got 287,000 bureaucrats. Well, just draft them, put them in the army. <laughs> you know, they've got millions of guns and, and billions of rounds of ammunition in the federal government to basically wage war on us. Because who else is the federal government going to wage war on? You know, for the bureaucrats. Bureaucrats don't have jurisdiction outside the country, right? So the only place they can wage war is inside the country. So you want to talk about, you know, so it's interesting. The bureaucrats are high on ammo and the army's low on ammo. That's worth talking about. Certainly next week. International Planned Parenthood. Huge topic. Margaret Sanger and her Negro project. The whole purpose of Planned Parenthood was to exterminate black people in the country. That's how they got started. That's worth talking about. Cluster bombs um, being sold to uh, or being given to uh, Ukraine. Do you know what cluster bombs are? Um, kind of. Okay. Well, there's like a bomb with like 100 little bomblets in it. And the bomb kind of explodes and the bomblets go out and the bomblets explode. It's a way of, of killing a whole bunch of people uh, in a short time. Um, there was something, the closest thing in, would be shrapnel. You know, you have mines that spray, you know, metal balls and sharp objects and things like that. It's called shrapnel. Named for, I think, a lieutenant shrapnel way back when. Uh, but in the Civil War, they had something called grape shot. I talked about this the other day. So they used to have these, these, can, these canisters they would fire. Uh, against the Union and the Confederacy soldiers. And they, inside they had like a whole, you know, like a tin of musket balls. And it'd be like firing 100 muskets at once, and these balls would like explode and go everywhere. They called it grape shot because all the musket balls were the size of grapes. Uh, it's the same kind of thing. That was an early cluster bomb. So it's, it's a bomb that makes a whole bunch of little bombs, and the problem is they don't all go off. You know, it's like if you have uh, firecrackers and, and like only 95% of them go off, 5% are still there, kind of, you know, sizzling and waiting. <laughs> That's the problem with these things. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so the other thing, I, I pulled it up. Um, uh-huh. So the, in BlackRock, there's three people here. 
It's Brian Deese and Wally Ademio, Ademio or something, and Mike mm-hmm. Pyle. So Brian Deese was the global head of sustainable investing for BlackRock. <laughs> global oh, yes, head of sustainable investing. Uh, and oh, he okay. is now in the Biden administration as the director of National Economic Council. Hmm. Okay, so what do you make of that? What do you you think of it? No, 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 stick around. So so what's BlackRock, first of all? Um, I know it's like a huge company that owns a lot of places and businesses and companies and stuff. Um, right, they're investment companies. Subverting to a bunch of different businesses under that. Yeah, they've got so they've got like, like I don't know how many trillion dollars, like a couple of trillion dollars of investment money that they spread around the world. And of course, if they uh, have a majority share in a the company, they own that company. Or if they have a, a big share of stock, then uh, they can control that company. That's why these folks are going woke. Well, they got into trouble over what they call ESG, environmental social governance. And so there, uh, there there's another term for it. Uh, it used to be called, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, socially responsible investing. So in other words, companies, if they invested responsibly, they could make just as much money as if they invested for profit. Well, of course, that turned out to be a lie. Um, and that doesn't mean that profits come about, you know, badly through environmental destruction and, you know, child labor laws and like that. But it just, but it was, it was a bogus thing. Uh, it's like green energy. It's the, same, it's the same kind of uh, lie, that if we only invest in green energy, the world will be fine. Well, the greenest energy is organic, which is oil, coal, natural gas. Hmm. Anyway, so that's BlackRock. Yeah. 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 Pianchi had a comment here. He says, in 1921, Tulsa, the land was owned by Muscogee Creek, which is the tribe I, I was made a member of. Uh, mobs of whites came out of Arkansas. Uh, and rioted in the town. It says the businesses were built by blacks who had the means. So yeah, so so where would uh, middle class or even upper middle class black families go in America to be prosperous and safe in the 1920s? Well, a predominantly black town, apparently. Yeah, it's America. You know, you're free to do that. But uh, and across the creek were uh, you know American Indians. Yeah. He's got another point, too. Pianchi but, says, how Argentina erases black people from history. At one time, blacks made up 37% of Argentina's population. Today, it's about 5%. Oh, he's got a YouTube, so I'll, I'll make a copy of the YouTube and look at it later. If you get the broadcast page, or I can send it to you. One of the things that I heard is, like, because a lot of people uh-huh. say, oh, Juneteenth was the end of slavery. Like, they had freed the last ones. But it was funny because, I guess, in reality... Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't it. There were still others with slaves. It turns out the last people to, um, I guess, be their slaves were actually the Choctaw Indians. <gasps> oh, and when was that? So I have no idea what slaves? year it was. It, but the, the Choctaw had slaves or were slaves? Had slaves. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Well, I mean, there were black slave owners. There were... Uh, American Indian slaves, the five tribes this is one thing we, you know, Oklahoma actually is where a lot of the creek from this area, from the south, uh, through the Trail, Trail of Tears ended up in Oklahoma. It's kind of interesting. But the five tribes, they were called the five civilized tribes, you know, uh, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Creek, um, Seminole, and I think Cherokee. Cherokee and Seminole. 
There we go. Thank you. So you know, you yeah. know this stuff. Yeah, right. Um, I just learned about it relatively recently. But anyway, so yeah, those were those are the five uh, tribes because those were probably the only tribes that weren't at war with each other. <laughs> All the Seminole, you know, certainly fought the uh, the government at one point. So yeah. So that's our history around here. Did they have slaves? I think a lot of uh, American Indian tribes made slaves of uh, tribes that they conquered. That wouldn't surprise me. They did. Yeah. yeah. History's complicated, isn't it? A lot of times they'd kill the women because they'd slow them down. Um, well, that's the population the build up last again. thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we get Josie. The She's last thing. So last thing is? Is the World Economic Forum chipping kids in order to track their safety? Now, I left this for last because um, <laughs> it's kind of like a cliffhanger, I guess I would say, because okay. I'm going to look into this a little bit more for next week, but, you know, just so other people can, you know, look into this and research it as well. But, mm-hmm. Well, it's always been for your yeah, safety. Yeah, I figured right? that out. Yeah, so chipping yeah, kids. Now, always. actually, we had a plan here. We were thinking of uh, of uh, chipping illegal aliens, and this is about two, three years ago. Uh, and we actually have a bill on it. It caused a lot of controversy, which I thought was kind of funny, actually. Um, but Anthony Nunez, who used to be our tech guy, uh, who's uh, he's probably got his – I'm sure he's got his PhD now in electrical engineering, said that's not really feasible because they can take it out, they can neutralize it, they can do a bunch of other things, you know, retinal scans and other biometrics are better ways to track people than, uh, than a chip. But um, if the World Economic Forum or whichever group is chipping kids – that's not for their safety. It's for the world government safety, <laughs> you know, so they know where everybody is and know everybody's doing. And we know, uh, you know, uh, it's probably some kind of a tracking system. That's what I would guess. Anyway, yeah, it looks like it's going to like all their health information on it. Oh, how about that? Their vaccine record? Yeah. So it's like a vaccine pass? Yeah. 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 So this has been fascinating. This is the first time you've given the entire report of previews for the coming weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Hey, listen, it's, it's government inquiry, not government result. So uh, we ask questions. We don't always have the answers. Um, let's get your sign off. I'll get to Josie. And thank you for a great report. Oh, did you have fun July 4th, by the way? I should probably ask you that. Was that interesting? Uh, yes. yes. Last word on that? Wait, what any was interesting on, on it? Yeah, any, any comments on July 4th? We, we did, for those that don't know, we did a live reading of the Declaration of Independence. It was fabulous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. That was that was, that was different. It was mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what we this do here. This is Brianna Cannon. This is Brianna Cannon with Government Inquiry on Action Radio. Thanks, Brianna. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism, and now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Coffey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border, from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossie. Buenos dias, chica. Good, mo- ¿Qué pasa? Good morning. Buenos dias. Dove utra. How are you, Greg? I'm doing fine. Guten tag. Konnichiwa. Good. 
Konnichiwa. I was listening to you guys. Guys, we'll, we'll speak Australian. Oh, wonderful day in the Great White uh, North Day in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Sad, uh, sad for my family in Miami. They bury my 35-year-old niece on this oh, no. Saturday. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. She never woke up. She had a heart attack. Double vaccinated. Boosters yep. too? It's hot. Huh? I don't know Boosters? if she had one booster or not, but I know she was double vaccinated. Um, wow. And also so we got sorry. a phone call from Miami. Uh, we got a phone call from Miami of our Italian friend. I, he was 82 years old. He never woke up also. He had a heart attack and died. Um, and uh, remember Ann Brown? I think she was in the show for a couple of times. Yeah, she, I remember, her, yeah. Yeah, her brother had a massive heart attack yesterday. No, the night before, excuse me. You know, so it's so he, ironic. He's inter- internally bleeding. Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. This, is, this is so frustrating because this is all preventable. This is the thing that kills me. You know, the censorship, and I spent three days going over Judge Doty's decision on, on government censorship. Mm-hmm. We had the information. We were broadcasting the information. People did not share the information. Yeah. The government censored our information. Big tech media, you know, social media censored our information. I don't know how many people we could have saved. It's the most frustrating thing in the world because uh-huh. we had it right. We had it right, you know, from February of 2020. We knew that the, the vaccines yeah. were a crock. We knew that the, uh, that the early treatments worked. We had the DDRL study. We had Dr. Zelenko on the show. We had the, the best sources yeah. in the world you know, right here on a little radio station, and we were absolutely yeah. right. And yet, people were much more willing to listen to, you never listen to the government. I mean, don't people, haven't people learned that yet? You don't listen to the government. No. The government, they anything struck. beyond protecting life, liberty, and property uh, is illegal and to not to be trusted. But, but I don't think it's just the government. Uh, the people trust the doctors in the white coat, and that's huh. the problem. Um, I, uh, yesterday at church, uh, mm-hmm. I'm listening to this older man that sits behind us. His wife is very ill at home and she's mm-hmm. double vaccine, double booster. Mm-hmm. Uh, another man that sits next to me with his wife, uh, his wife has been very ill from other sickness prior, but I think, uh, the, Vaccines are making her worse, and many, many in our church. And you know the dementia; it is out of control. Just That's because the aluminum. That's the aluminum in the in the the jab, the COVID jab, is full of yeah. aluminum, and it's called an adjuvant. It's my the, the, yeah. My my husband's mentor, beekeeper. Mm-hmm. Out of the blues, one, two, three. Dementia. They have to sell everything because he's not he's not there anymore, and it's happening to the other uh, big leader, beekeeper too. It's mm-hmm. that dementia. I don't know what they're gonna do because he sells so much honey. I mean, this guy he's been providing honey him and this other guy for a long time. Uh, they they both got dementia. And the wife of one of the beekeepers, he's, she's been on and off very ill. And right now, a lot of people, I notice, they're having terrible, terrible flu, like a cold, very bad. So, well, anyway, the jab lowers I, I resistance. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
So. Remember when we talked about this? Remember back in twenty twenty? You know, we talked about mm-hmm. COVID as as a flu bug or or a bioweapon. We never thought it was that serious. We all got over it. In fact, we all talked about getting over it, you know, fairly quickly. I mean, obviously, I talked about my COVID because you could hear it when I was talking, you know, on the air. I gotta bring, I gotta get one of those shows and and, and uh, pull it up again because it was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I sounded terrible. <laughs> you know, that was COVID, right? But I wasn't dying I from know. it. You know, it, it, but it you was, sound it was different just, with that little horsey voice. <laughs> yeah, I sounded like this. I was like, yeah, welcome to Action Radio. Yeah. <laughs> I sounded awful. All right, Popeye. But, <laughs> but yeah, well, I get one of those. It's like early January, early mid January of 2020. But we all, but mm-hmm. uh, in fact, we knew, we didn't know what it was, but we, everybody was sick with the same kind of thing. Uh, we found out later yeah. that there was COVID. And, but uh, do you remember that we never considered it that serious? We said, what's all the fuss about? You know, yeah, you get sick, you no. get a new virus, no one's ever heard of it. You get sick for a couple of weeks, maybe, and you're done. Yeah. Most people. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, unless you're older or vulnerable. Well, you have to be stupid to inject something that, that is experimental that you don't even know what it is they're injecting yeah. in your body. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, why would you want to do that? I was talking to a lady yesterday that I went to buy a bunch of plants. She's from Thailand. She said, mm-hmm. why would I want to put something in my body? And I told all my friends, you guys are crazy. And she mm-hmm. was telling me all her friends are so sick now. I said, yep, they're all going to die. They're going to die because uh, unless you got the saline uh, or, or placebo, you might live. But everybody that got the shots eventually will go. Anytime from the, the time they got the vaccine, they might have five years to live. Unless they start detoxing and do something about it. And yeah, and I hard. have friends. I keep it's telling them. Take... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell my friends, time, you got to detox. But... got to get your, your D-dimer, check for blood clots, you know, and uh, yeah. otherwise yeah. you don't know. And they, they don't believe me. I say, oh, you know. But yeah. this whole doctor belief, you know, yeah. I, I'm naturally skeptical anyway. I grew up in a family where I couldn't trust my parents. So I got used to distrusting adults. It was really easy for me. It came naturally. And my teachers, pretty much the same thing. Some I trusted, most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, grownups in general, you know, police, nap, nah, didn't really, I didn't really trust anybody um, just because I had no reason to. Uh, no one gave me, a, you know, a good reason. So when these doctors come along and say that, uh, oh, you got to get these jabs, you know, mm-hmm. flu shots. And I said, hey, you get your flu shot yet? No. Why, why should I get a flu shot? What if you get the flu? Well, what if I get the flu? I've had it several times. I get over it. So what? Why do I get it? You know, so what? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a disease. You know, it, it's almost like, remember we talked to Judy Mikevitz about this? And I asked her, um, how prevalent are these diseases that they're, they're vaccinating for? Diphtheria, pertussis. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I posted on, um, yeah. on our vaccine project. And she said, well, most of them mm-hmm. haven't been around for 100 years. And, even, and then I asked, well, yeah. if you get them, are they treatable? She says, yeah, they're treatable. So why would you risk an experimental thing that supposedly gives you lifelong immunity for a disease that, you know, y- y- Almost guaranteed you're not going to get. Yeah. And even even if you do, we got treatment for it. So why don't people is, is take a shot? I don't yeah. get it. Is, is people are, are they, they think these diseases are deadly? What do these people think these diseases are? They're very few deadly diseases. Yeah. We remember the ones we went over that time. We had the 50 deadliest diseases. Yeah. You know, Macau yeah. was like number one. You know, and uh, but the but yeah. the, but COVID wasn't even listed. COVID was way down. It was like in the top thousand or something of, of deadly diseases in the world. Whatever it was, maybe it's not that bad. And, it was way down. And there. now, and I believe that Bill Gates has invested billions of dollars to release billions of mosquitoes, so malaria mm-hmm. is 
going on now in America. You know that. We haven't had that in 20 years, so now malaria is going mm-hmm. around in America. So but tell me about that. How did it... And we'll take care of that if anybody oh, gets go. sick from a mosquito bite. I thought, bite, you I thought know. ivermectin was better for, for malaria. Is it hydroxychloroquine? No, they've been using, uh, they've been using chlor- uh, hydroxychloroquine for years. Uh, that was for in, malaria. In so Africa, a, right? That's where most malaria is? Yes. Yeah. That's why okay. people buy it over the counter in Peru and all those mm-hmm. countries. Yeah. When you travel, if you go on a mission and you get very sick from mosquitoes, uh, you start taking hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Yeah. So I malaria is it a it's for parasites more than anything, but it's also mm-hmm. killing a lot of the bacteria of people vaccinated, you know. Hmm. So and there's some other meds that a lot of uh, uh doctors are recommending also, you know, good doctors of course, not mm-hmm. the criminal ones. Not the cracks, so, yeah. Well malaria is one of those yeah. diseases that um well, first mosquitoes kill more people than, than Pretty much anything else, you know, other than you know, disease and things like that, naturally occurring things. Mosquitoes are, are the deadliest animal on the planet by far. <laughs> you know, it's not sharks, mm-hmm. it's not you know, it's not spiders, it's not snakes, it's Absolutely. mosquitoes. You know, and so, but you yeah. can't tell a mosquito that has malaria. So, or I remember when we had Zika virus and things like that, and I get bitten by mosquitoes Zika. all the time. They love mm-hmm. me for some reason. I don't know, this is my type B blood or whatever it is. Um, and they're yeah. small here too. Type they're B, they're nasty. In in New England, they're like three times bigger. You can see them coming. You can hear them coming too, because they're like a squadron. <laughs> you know, so they make a lot of noise. Yeah. Um, but here they're yeah. tiny. You know, so there's no way to tell malaria mosquito from any other mosquito, right? No. Yeah. And but, since we uh, didn't, supposed, yeah, supposedly, uh-huh. uh, Bill Gates and the Bidens and the Clintons and our Pentagon, they were. Uh, creating a bunch of mosquitoes in Ukraine in some of those bioweapon labs to release them around the United States, billions of mosquitoes. Okay, so why would uh, they do that? Absolutely. Yeah, let's ask the big question, why? What do they get out of it? To kill Americans. Look, since, since you are in the womb, they want to kill you with abortion, okay? Right. They've been, they've been, they've been spiking all and I mean all vaccines for the last 60-something years. Mm-hmm. We did not know about it. Mm-hmm. So That's why I stopped taking shots in the, in the this, 90s. Yeah. These criminals are very patient because mm-hmm. probably like 50-something years ago, they planned about this, this uh, taking half the world down. And, you know, they're very patient. They train and all these criminals and... They they wait and wait and and thirty years later, forty fifty years later, they they're accomplishing their goal, and that's what's been going on. We did not know they're poisoning our water, they're poisoning our food, right. Coca Cola. I mean, everything. Now they're injecting pigs, they're injecting cows, chicken. I mean, even even fruits now because you don't think oh they're injecting the beef and and chicken and pork. And they're injecting fruit. Uh, Gatorade is made with uh, a Spanish reporter was reporting that. I was like, "What? Potato chips and Gatorade? What? Yeah, wow. with baby fetal. I mean, all these things that the, this government is doing to us to kill us. And right now, what they're doing is uh, 
since since COVID started, they've been trying to take uh, kill the old American because they have knowledge about the past and they're brainwashing our kids with all these phones and things like we talk about Japan yep. and what's going on. Uh, no, excuse me, in China. Uh, and also, I wanted to talk about this morning mind controlling mm-hmm. weapons. Do you know anything about that? Because I was uh, watching a video. This young man, he was saying the uh, warning about brain control weapons uh, reflects growing U.S. concern about China's military research. And if you notice that a lot of the young Chinese men are coming through the border, uh, and right now well, many this, governments uh, are working. Huh? There's a simple reason for that, because China aborted all their girl babies. So they have millions and millions and millions of, of excess of men, and they can only take so many in the army. Mm-hmm. So just, just as uh, Cuba dumped all his criminals, all the criminals at the American boat left, you know, China dumping all their excess men this country. No, I don't you think know. so. You don't think I so? think something is going on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something, something is going on. Uh, why so many, so many Chinese men are coming through? Not good. Uh, do you remember? I cannot think of the young man that he was in prison. Uh, young man in North Korea, and they Warm were beaten by his brain was huh? Warm beer. Uh, was was his first name? Yeah. I forgot his first name, but Warm beer was his last name. I remember that. It's a weird name. Okay. Came back his here, died brain a week was later. Fried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they tortured him. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you they control? Uh, his brain. Uh, how do? You, how does? Well, there's brain control is interesting. Do you remember the old term brainwashing? Remember the original movie, mm-hmm. uh, The Manchurian Candidate. The, the original Lawrence Harvey, Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. What's the name from from Hitchcock? Uh, I forgot the Alfred name. Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The woman who's Al- in Psycho. Alfred. Yeah, so so oh, uh, the Manchurian Candidate was not a yeah, Hitchcock yeah, film, no, but it was somebody else, uh, Stanley Kramer or something like that. But anyway, the pretense was it was a uh, it was an American unit of soldiers. I'm not going to give away the whole plot. An American unit of soldiers was captured by the North Koreans during the Korean War, and they were put through a Russian mm-hmm. Chinese brainwashing scheme. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, they were, you know, tortured and conditioned, and uh, conditioned. One of them was conditioned. I'll give a little bit away. Was conditioned to be an assassin. But he wouldn't remember mm-hmm. that he killed the people he killed because he goes into, uh, you know, like the brain trance thing. So how do, you, how do you condition people? We know how they condition with mass psychosis. This whole, con- this whole country was brainwashed into fear, except for those of us that knew it was a lie. But, mm-hmm. but millions of people were, were basically brainwashed into believing that COVID was deadly, that the cure for it was masks and standing six feet exactly. apart and closing our schools. And you, but if you say that to people now, it's like, hey, do you really believe this flu bug can be stopped by standing six feet apart? No. <laughs> That's kind of stupid. You can sneeze further than that. You know? And so, but it, we knew, but we had logic. We had truth on our side. And these people, they abandoned their logic. Got, got, Go ahead. got lied to. Fooled. They got fooled by this, including some of my professional, one of my friends. Right. Very intelligent woman. Right. Pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. But why wouldn't they, they think? Believe, she said, I don't think know. She sent me a video. Greg, she sent me a video. Then the video shows uh, that if you touch any doorknobs, it, it will zap you. And you can see this like in the movies, you know, cartoons. <laughs> and if you touch this, if you touch that, and I'm like, 
I was just like, I just can't believe she's believing all this garbage. And uh, her and my friend in Peru, they almost stopped talking to me for a year, a year and a half, because they thought I was crazy when I told them, you believe in that garbage? Why? Mm-hmm. And they all yeah. got vaccinated, the whole family. Yeah. So How are they doing now? It is horrible. Yeah. It, the idea, the idea of this was to put people in so much fear so they can run to get their vaccine. We're in a World War Three. You don't have to get shot by a bullet. You just show, no. stretch your arm, and, and that's it. That's how they're going to yeah. kill you. It's easier. Well, here's the, the weird thing, though. Here's here's the flaw in the plan, though. The people that are dying mm-hmm. are the ones that are susceptible to conditioning. The yeah. ones that can be easily brainwashed, the ones that are full of fear, the ones that are unlike you and me, we actually sit back and think. So wait a minute. Let's, uh, let's put this through the, the logic and reason filter. So the killing off the people that are compliant, and I've said this before, and us rebels out here, we're doing fine. We didn't take the jab. We refuse to believe the government propaganda. We stand on our own two feet. You know, I'm, I'm, like I say, I invite the FBI to the show every day. Um, hey, FBI, KGB, you know, why don't you call it? Give us a call, 215-383-3832. We'll tell you what we think. Chris Ray is going to be in the mm-hmm. hearing tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> this would be funny. But, but you know, but, what, we have to but, the, uh, but the rebels, the, they're, they're, they're killing off the compliant, and they're making proportionally more rebels because the rebels aren't dying off because yeah. we're, we're the ones that uh, didn't take the jab and refused to play the mm-hmm. game and won't get the vaccine passport and realize it's a crock. And keep broadcasting the truth every single day, except the weekends. Yeah. But yeah, what's what's uh, <laughs> so what's what separates us from them? Why, why did we sit back and go? Well, let me think about this for a minute. And why do other people go? Oh no, my God, I've got to I've got to I've got to take a take a jab so I don't get COVID. And I, I want to ask these people: What if you do get COVID? Well, you're just going to drop dead. So what? You get COVID no, you and, and five days later, I'm dancing Zumba, Greg. Five exactly. Five days later. Yeah, and, and you're immune to it. Yeah, I have so the antibody after yeah. that. So once you've done your five days, yeah. you're immune. And, well, here's the weirdest thing, too. I think I mentioned yeah. this before. I may not have told you. But um, when I got COVID back in January of 2020, I haven't been sick since, except once I got a cold after I had to go to the hospital for a, the, the, the colon check, you know, because I'm fine. But uh, I got a little cold from that, but it makes sense because they were, you know, probing and poking and doing things that, you know, hospitals and doctors do. But the point is I haven't been sick since. So not only did COVID make me, my body get immune to COVID, it's pretty much been immune to everything else. I haven't gotten a cold. I haven't gotten a sore throat. I haven't gotten anything since January of 2020 when I had COVID, except for that one cold after I was in the hospital for a, a checkup. Well, you can mind, that, you might have minor colds, but nothing like you had because you were very sick. Uh, but uh, but why am I immune to everything now? Normally, I get a couple yeah. of colds per winter. I had a cold. I had a cold since yeah. I had COVID in twenty. It's three years ago. Mm-hmm. Three and a half years hey, ago. The last time. Greg, the last time I, I got sick. Yeah. So, and do you believe that people? Did you believe that people can have COVID two or three times? No, not the same virus. No, because you're immune to the one right? you had. Well, the, the, reason, the reason people That's are getting COVID right. two and three times is because the vaccine destroys their immunity and promotes the creation of mutations. Mm-hmm. So if you have COVID yep. and you use natural immunity, you, you, I don't know anybody that had natural immunity got COVID again. Maybe yeah. you were like the only Did you get COVID twice or just once? I haven't got COVID again. 
I had it one time, and that was it, and so is my husband. Yeah. So is my daughter. We haven't Same had thing. nothing like that again. Have you been no. sick with anything else? Well, Have you had a cold since? No. No. Don't you find that interesting? Well, yeah, I think I had a minor for two days, like a sore throat for a couple of days, but that was it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So why is but it that people like... who have had COVID are healthier after COVID than before COVID? Because we have because our immune system got something brand new, a man-made, you mm-hmm. know, bioweapon mm-hmm. virus that, that our bodies bio have never weapon. seen before. So not only did our base have to adapt to this brand new bioweapon, but apparently mm-hmm. we adapted to everything else out that's out there as well. I just find that interesting. Mm-hmm. So yep. does natural immunity Absolutely. to COVID, let me look that up. Let's see if natural immunity to COVID promotes greater natural immunity. I don't know if anybody's ever looked into this. Hmm. Well, let's just do a quick check. So does natural. So, okay. so anyway, while you're looking at that, um, the mind control and thing, uh, I believe it's the 5 and 6G uh, on your phones. That's what's controlling people and i well, believe that, since we're talking them? about since we're talking about covid and the vaccine uh i believe there's tiny microscopic uh, chips inside the body that they're controlling vaccinated people uh like the uh Dysonly video remember uh yeah. how people are being manipulated and controlled by their cell phones and uh one of the doctors was saying do not Sleep with your phone next to your bed or your oh, God, bed, no. you know, like no. some people, and, really? and with your Wi-Fi on, you need to shut it off because the radiation happens mainly at night uh, huh. to control you. Yeah. It's not good. Wow. So that's what they, they, they've been up to with, the G5 and G6, 5G, G, you know. Well, see, how would they control you? So 5G is just, you know, whenever we talk about that, it's, it's, it's the next evolution. 4G is only so good, 5G. But apparently 5G is very limited. It has a limited range. That's why they have to have a gazillion more antennas, even if it is so-called faster. Well, they're controlling you. Uh, like I said, if you're vaccinated, it's easy to control you. Uh, like in the movie, this guy's with a phone, and all of a sudden he's like, panicking and he's mm-hmm. going around in circles and this is the thing they go around they're spinning and this guy falls right into this uh, uh full speed i'm coming tra- uh, train he was shredded into pieces boom boom one two three and then another guy at the bank collapsed and many people are being manipulated by their cell phones mm-hmm. that's that's what you have manipulation and people don't know it. And these little children are so addicted. Uh, they kick, fight, cry, everything. If you take their phone away, uh, it's very sad. But uh, did you find what you were looking for? That's no, just a bunch of different articles, so nothing really comes up. Okay. Uh, that, uh, the, the, nothing, so, no one's going to do anything that's increasing. Because you've got to wade through you know, 50 articles of propaganda before you get to anything good. That's the problem. They're talking about how long COVID no. immunity lasts, but it's nothing on whether you get better immunity, nothing, uh, natural immunity from you know if you've had COVID. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't sure so, I was going to find anything. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the uh, 
Sound of Freedom, the movie. It's awesome. Everybody should go see it. It's a little mm-hmm. taste of what human trafficking is doing. They don't they mm-hmm. don't reveal a lot, just well a small scene what's happening, but it's big. Human trafficking is big. And if you talk bad about it or suppose some of them come after you and they kill you. You're dead. Uh I'm afraid for Jim Caviso's life actually. Uh about this that? movie that he just made. Well huh? let's let's talk about the movie. So so this is a movie that's that's taken you know, entry by storm, which is good. Uh, it's about human trafficking, which a lot of us already know about. I don't feel any need to see it because I pretty much know, you know, and I, I don't need the the extra reinforcement. So I know how, you know, I know what's out there. Um, but see, but a, people, a, lot of, a lot of people have no a idea. Lot of Americans, a lot of Americans just think, oh, human trafficking is what they're doing to these kids. It's horrible. If people see some of this video, they will not go to sleep, period. It's just horrible. The police in New York City, when they got the videos from Anthony Weiner, from Uma Abedin, uh, Hillary Clinton's secretary, whatever she mm-hmm. is to her, maybe her lover, who knows? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, yes, Hillary Clinton's secretary and lover. <laughs> Disclaimer, yeah. we made that so up. When, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. When the, when the uh, New York police got the video, they were literally vomiting when they saw what they were doing to these little children. Oh, it's hard. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing, torturing adrenochrome. They they torture them. They electrocute them. I have seen videos of that in Epstein Island. So a big movement is is is, is going on. Uh, Elon Musk is helping uh, Jim Caviso and Tim Bowell about uh, human trafficking. Uh, Donald Trump has been working for a long time with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is to bring the cabal down completely. I don't know how they're going to do it, but uh, a lot of people are probably going to die uh, trying to rescue kids, like in the movie that you see a little bit of that. Um, but this movie is awesome. Uh, it's, it's Americans that they don't know a lot, it, it will make you think what's happening. 85,000 children came across. A lot of the parents are still on the other side of the border crying because they deported them back. They're waiting for their little children to come back, and they're never coming back, never, because the Biden administration has <clears throat> kidnapped all these kids to do whatever they please with. Selling well, them I don't know if Brandon did it purposefully or they just let it happen. So it's hard to know whether the government, uh, the, the no, illegal Brandon is actually engaged in it or he no, just, they're just not. Okay. Taking advantage of yes, the open border, enough enough to, uh, and all that. This is yeah. even the IRS are involved in child trafficking, uh, money laundering. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I don't have evidence, but I heard uh, some of the people talking about it <clears throat> on a video. Uh, I don't have evidence. I said, uh, uh-huh. but no, this this child you can speculate is so big because because you can sell a child. Over and over and over, you can also you can only sell drugs one time. It's like a one-time deal. You sell drugs, but mm-hmm. the the child trafficking is better than than drug trafficking uh, or weapons trafficking. And uh, in order a lot for that to happen, health, yeah. Well, huh? I think it, it, it's like um, drugs and remember prohibition. Remember the remember in, in Sean Connery in, in the movie The Untouchables. He says everybody knows what mm-hmm. the alcohol is. They just don't want to do anything about it. 
everybody knows mm-hmm. where who the pedophiles or the pedophiles are. Everybody, well, maybe not, but everybody knows, you know, basically where. No, not everybody knows. It could be your neighbor addicted to uh, pornography of little babies having sex with an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and they want the younger, the better. It's uh, horrible. Uh, like I said, when the videos they're going to release, some of the videos or not eventually. I have seen a few. Uh, well, we wouldn't have torture, torture. We wouldn't have huh? this. We wouldn't have child trafficking uh, unless we had people that engaged in child pornography and engaged in, in uh, you know, I had to say this, raping children. I mean, so what kind of a person can do that? So if you didn't have the pedophiles, you wouldn't have this problem. So the problem really is the pedophiles. And apparently, this, some of the largest demand for child pornography and child sex trafficking is here in the United States. So what kind of people mm-hmm. are able to what kind of people are able to do this to children? We're talking some extremely sick people. And then look at Brandon. You know, he's always groping mm-hmm. little girls and uh he made his daughter shower with him until she was what, fourteen? Yeah, he breaks his, his own granddaughter too. So yeah. Oh really? I didn't yeah, hear about that. People are sick. People are sick. So yeah, there's so, a video where he's naked, his thing is hanging, and he's slapping on his granddaughter, and she's in a room with him. This is Biden. This video went viral. Uh, it's just a very short video, kind of weird. Uh, it's that, that's, some, that's some of the things that Hunter Biden has inside that computer, actually. I, I believe well, see, there's more sexual... Wait, I believe well, there's so much sexual videos and Hunter computer about Biden than himself. Yeah. Uh, that's well, one of the videos that I saw. Remember Matt Gates made his uh, computer the part of the congressional record? So it has to be preserved now. It's part of the congressional record, which is kind of fascinating. So Hunter Biden. Yeah. Um, have you seen the video where he looks like he's taking a cocaine hit on the White House balcony? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So, but this is so. I mean, Hunter Biden's a distraction, but the real problem is the real problem is Joe Biden. Obviously, what he's doing. But the let's get back to psychological Joe question. Biden, uh, and Hunter Biden is exposing his father because he hates him. That's what I heard. But so uh, anyway, who's who's pulling Hunter Biden's strings? Is Obama using Hunter Biden to bring down Joe Biden so that Obama can appoint the next Democrat to do what Obama wants? I don't know if it's Obama, to be honest okay. with you. Right. I'm not sure. But I know Obama is running the country from the basement like his dream come true. It's here, you know, that he wanted to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure who's who's pulling the string to expose Biden um, like that uh, through his son, using his son. I don't know. Well, but it's all going to be coming out. It's all going to be revealed eventually. So we just have to be patient and waiting. Um, yeah, I, so, I've heard that before. <laughs> you know how patient I am. Yeah, I um, know. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a matter of time. We don't know when it's going to happen. Well, let's talk about but the timeline. Coming. You've got, uh, so we're now, this is July of 2023. Mm-hmm. And Labor Day, um, which is only two months away, is the kickoff, traditional kickoff of, of the uh, presidential election cycle. So you've mm-hmm. got you got September seventh or whenever Labor Day is first first Tuesday uh, or first Monday in, in September or second Monday or whatever it is. No, it's first Monday anyway. So you got Labor Day. I forgot. Uh huh. 
Yeah, but and of course Labor Day is when all the kids go back to school. Or they're actually now they're back even earlier, so that's when the politics politicians get in the high gear. And of course they'll be off for the, much of the fall, and there'll be a big, you know, budget dispute which I have to look into. But come January, you get, you've got the Iowa caucuses next January. That's a, that's a, that's uh, mm-hmm. six months away. What we're July, yeah. So it's, I think it's about six months. Six months from now we're gonna have presidential primaries or the Iowa caucuses. That is not a long time. Mm-hmm. So these things, these things are coming up fast. So my question to you is, if the folks that you're talking to or the videos you're watching are saying that Trump's going to release this information, all these things are going to happen, Space Force is going to come back, the, the military uh, um, intelligence folks are going to work with Trump and, and you know clean all the government out, if they're going to do it and they say be patient, they don't have much time. They've got six months unless they want to go into election yeah. season to do it, which would only hurt Trump. So when are they going to do their, their thing? Yeah. We're running out of time. I don't know. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is big, what's supposed to be coming. There is a guy named Isaac Gappi. Yeah, I think it's Cappy. Cappy. Uh, he was exposing. He, I think he was a singer. I'm not sure. Hollywood. Huh. Um, uh, very intelligent guy. And he was exposing all... Uh, Hollywood, Oprah, Oprah is the queen of uh, adrenochrome uh, trafficker, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Epstein, many, many of them in Hollywood. But that's right. how Oprah became a super billionaire. Uh, he was sharing uh, with wait, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Oprah made her billions, her made her money, sex trafficking? Uh, adrenochrome. Uh, she blackmails a lot of the... Uh, she goes to Africa and gets a lot of the little kids uh, <clears throat> for adrenochrome, uh, torture the kids. <clears throat> okay, and, you're uh, going to need, gonna need some, uh, some, some serious evidence on that. I'm not saying it's not happening. Well, I don't know. I, That's what I'm just saying about this guy from Hollywood. Okay. I'm sharing with you. I don't know. He yeah, was sharing right, so. about all this, exposing, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been doing it for a while. And in 2019, he made his last video because he knew they were coming after him to murder him because he was exposing Hollywood. He's exposing uh, a lot of the famous mm-hmm. people uh, behind all this uh, child trafficking and adrenochrome. Uh, and uh, they did come and kill him, actually. Yeah. Supposedly he jumped from this bridge and all this, and he was murdered. They found him dead, but he didn't jump. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just sad. But he was exposing a lot of Hollywood. So anybody that comes out to expose uh, the corruption that is going on uh, with our government, with Hollywood, with everything, uh, they're going to die. They're going to die because these people are powerful. So that's why I'm worried about Jim Cabezo, because Jim Cabezo is working with Elon Musk uh, to uh, help stop the human trafficking of children right now. And right now, a lot of the uh, uh, media and a lot of TikTok, a lot of the stuff is coming out saying uh, the the sound of, of freedom is connected with Q. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? So they're accusing Q about the movie uh, Sound of Freedom. Oh, Q's the scapegoat. Right now with Gene Whenever Cabezo. they want to, there's like the the playbook, all right? So what's in the I playbook? Know. It's QAnon. It's their fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember the, uh, I, I went over uh, the Russian, uh, no, the, the I went over the uh, the James Doty uh, court case. 
uh-huh. the, where he put the injunction on Brandon. And he said, look, he, he said the government uses the same excuse for all the clampdown on censorship. It's the Russians. It's mm-hmm. Trump. It's capitalism. It's COVID-19. It's false election fraud. It's QAnon. It's always mm-hmm. the same people, right? They the same stupid arguments all the time. That's how you know that they're yeah. lying. You know, but dragging so, out QAnon again is funny. <laughs> you know, I think it's funny. Well, Q is supposed to be uh, six intelligent uh, military uh-huh. uh, working is Michael with Flynn? JFK Jr. Is Michael Flynn? Huh? Is Michael Flynn? Yeah, General Michael Flynn, Flynn knows a lot about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get him on the show. Quite a bit. I need to Yeah, talk to I want you. to. Okay. But there's... They're too busy, I guess, for us. So uh, I can well, only take so much. And uh, I, I even plans. gave the information to his wife. I was having breakfast mm-hmm. with his wife actually in Miami. Yeah, together. I remember that. Um, I'll take yeah. his wife. So we'll I put her on the show. Yeah, I, I told <laughs> yeah. her. I said, look, about mm-hmm. action well, radio. I gave her the card. Hey, listen, you got uh, Ashley Babbitt's mom. Remember when you got Ashley Babbitt's mom? That was fabulous. And then Mickey Whitop. Then she was all over. Everybody else's show, yeah. We had the yeah, I'm trying Those to get Mariposa with us, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Let me ask so, you a question. So, All right, go ahead. So I have a different subject question to ask about. Ask me the question because you'll forget. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, ask ask it now? Okay. All right. So my question is, I was yeah. thinking about this because a lot of illegal aliens are coming to this country, and it's not the uh, the, the the paradise. You know, they're not living in mansions. They're not getting free everything. It's not the paradise they expected. So I'm wondering, is anybody going back across the border home? Is I there any movement? I think some are, that they have made money for the last year, and they're going back because uh, uh, I know one of the guys that, the, that he's been cleaning my property, you know, but he has mm-hmm. a permit, but he has a lot of illegal friends. He bought a lot of tools, a lot of stuff from people going back. So he bought a lot of stuff from them going back. Um, they were sending are they a lot going of back money permanently? Are they going back permanently or sure. are they going back and forth? See, this is the thing because they're not tracking people. I'm just wondering if there's a certain percentage of illegals that come here and think, you know what? It's better in my own country. I'm getting out of here. I mean, you never see it. You'll never see it on the news. That's why I asked that question on Facebook. No. You know, my question for, for Kareem Jean-Pierre would be, you know, if illegals want to go home, are you going to keep them here? <laughs> That's basically what I said. In other words, you know, in other words, yeah. why, why, we're trying to get rid of illegals. No, no I, think they, I think they would make it uh, difficult for them to leave because they want their votes. And I just think this is, this is like yeah. one of those, no one's, no one's talking about this yet. You know me, right? I like to be six months ahead of everybody yeah. else. So my question is, is there any kind of movement? I mean, is there, uh, we're not going to see a caravan going back because the media will never cover it. But is there any move by people to go home again because their home is actually better than the situation they're finding here? Just curious. I'm, I'm pretty sure a few go back home with all this money that they had made uh, because I heard of a few uh, by other people uh, okay. that they make lots of money. Uh, roofing, house cleaning, all this stuff. Like, for example, I know this lady from Argentina uh, with her husband. They were hired to come. The Air Force hiring a lot of people from out of the country 
mm-hmm. uh, the airlines to work on the planes. So I, I met at least two families, uh, right. one from Argentina and one from Chile, that uh, they're coming with their wives to right here. They're not far from my store living, actually, in those apartments uh, on 9th. Uh, at the flats and the other one right there next door. Uh, they've been make, they're making a lot of money because uh, Americans don't want to work. So they're bringing people from outside the country. Well, and Americans what's going are on? paid not to work. If we took away all the unemployment, if yeah. we created the situation yeah. where Americans, you know, had to work, like those of us that actually do want to work, work um, we wouldn't have this problem. But if you yeah. pay people not to work, they don't work. They don't work. It's it's fun to be at home getting paid, but you know that they they don't even know how bad they're destroying their own country for the love of money. <laughs> and um, so the wife of this guy from Chile that I know, she's been cleaning houses, making money on the side. Mm-hmm. But the odd thing just happened because she was sharing with me that the IRS took her passport about three months ago, and she wants to go back to Chile because they can travel back and forth, you know? And Why did the IRS take their passport? From the IRS. How can the I IRS they can't take passports? The, the IRS doesn't take passports. They did. But they, they don't did have jurisdiction. Time, and I'm like, that's, that's the State odd. Department. Wait a minute, State Department's jurisdiction over passports, not the IRS. Are they American yeah, citizens? Yeah, the IRS. I'm just telling you American what she c- told me. I, I know okay, what no, she I'm, I'm not disputing what she told about... you. But yeah. are they foreign citizens or Americans? These people are from Chile. They're here the with a work visa. Has, uh, the IRS has no jurisdiction over them. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, work it's visa? because of the taxes that they're going to... No, wait. It's because she was explaining because I said, that's odd. I said, the IRS don't have nothing to do with passport at all. Right. She goes, they told us it's because of the uh, taxes they get, they're going to be taken out of my husband, and so they wanted both passports. So that's weird, and they still cannot get him back. So I don't know what that means. It's kind of, kind you don't of weird, have to surrender your passport. You, you never, especially not to a foreign country, if they're foreign citizens, you never surrender your passport. How are you supposed to get home? But they did. How, how you, they she shouldn't said, have. How, said, how do you go to your embassy if I you know. need help? How do you go to the Chilean embassy and without your Chilean just, passport? How do you prove you're Chilean? And they just told her, they just told her uh, that she can travel to Chile with a special letter. I said, no, no, no. I said, you do not leave without that passport in your hand, sweetie. So, yeah. but anyway, so and 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 the mm-hmm. other thing that I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. you know, I've been working with the state national. I'm the organizer and all that. Um, we have a lady, organizer. American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a le- I organize the meetings, um, so we have a lady. She's new, and she had uh, I guess she was arrested a couple times and all that, but long time ago, uh, uh, she was doing marijuana and different things like that. Uh, uh-huh. But anyway, she's becoming a state national. She's been clean for a long time, and uh, and we require a birth certificate in order to help her fill her paperwork, right? And um, mm-hmm. She tried to get her birth certificate, and uh, she was born uh, somewhere up north. I forgot where exactly. But mm-hmm. there's no record that she's a U.S. citizen, that she was born here in America. So this is something odd. So now 
they're about to give her a brand new social security, and she already has the social security since she was born. So it is confusing what's happening. She said there's no records at all that she exists here in America. I'm like, that is weird. That's another weird thing, like the passport. <laughs> but I wanted to mention that. I don't know what's going on. This is weird. Who knows? Yeah. No, there's, there's, something, there's something very here. strange about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so we're talking about something different than the Chilean folks on the Chilean passport. Yeah. Right? These are different, different. people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're born here, like I can still get a, a Toronto birth certificate. I actually still have my Toronto birth certificate, but I could get copies. I could mm-hmm. get another one if I needed to, I'm sure. I mean, Toronto General Hospital still has the records. That's where I was born. Um, but I, I you know, and I, in I her have my, case, yeah, I have my naturalization papers case, and I have my passports. I have my yeah. expired passports. Yeah. Okay. And in her case, it doesn't show at all that she exists here in America. And she's using a social security since she was born. So it is just crazy what what's going on. So yeah, and the other thing I wanted to mention. Ah, please. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, something, I don't know what's going on, but with all the chemicals that they're taking from the trains and I don't know what the big plan is or the big commotion. Uh, I don't know what these criminals are planting. Uh, was their agenda uh, of stealing all these chemicals uh, to do something to harm us? I don't know, but something is coming up, but I don't know on that. So if you know anything, let us let me know. Are we talking chemtrails or something different? No, no, not chemtrail. You know how the trains derail, all these accidents that happen with all the chemicals inside. Uh, no, see that's always I... that's that's been going on for a long time because so, trains derail. But the, remember when I uh, I did a local no, video, I remember I did a that. video on the condition of our train tracks, and I reported that we only have half the spikes in. Europe has uh there's there's spaces for for four spikes, you know, um, per plate, you know, of a railroad tied to the track, and Europe puts all four spikes in. And we only put two in, so we I, only have half I the spikes. I understand all this, but all of a sudden there's all this burning. Uh, train derails, especially mm-hmm. when they have all these chemicals, you know. So uh-huh. something is up, and there's a lot of military movement in the up north areas that we've been getting uh, reports from my cousin in Chicago mm-hmm. and from different areas. So well, I don't know movement. what they're planning. Well, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's, let's follow this through logically. So we know that trains yeah. derail. So the best way to send uh, chemicals and petroleum and natural gases by pipeline. Pipelines are far safer. Trains are, are safer than trucks, you know, but uh, uh, trucks, but trucks have to do it locally. But for the best way is pipeline. So when you shut down the pipelines, you force more things to travel by train. Well, that's just stupid, <laughs> you know, because trains derail. Uh, if you don't have good train maintenance, if you have someone like Buttigieg running the Department of Transportation and they don't keep the train that inspections idiot. up and they don't train, he's an idiot. Yeah. You know, uh, if you don't, uh, well, I, you know, you know the, the diversity, you know how diversity, like diversity, equity, and inclusion, or as I call yes. it, the division, mm-hmm. extortion, and idiocracy, the only diversity that Brandon has brought is a lot of stupid people to balance the intelligent ones. So the only diversity, <laughs> so it's true, you look and say, we get, oh, we get, no. we get diversity yeah. with Brandon, yeah, they brought in more stupid people so that the smart people don't uh, make up a majority anymore, <laughs> you know. So they got the, they got the dumbest got government gay, in history. You got transgender, you got criminals running. I mean, <laughs> it's just 
Oh my God! Yeah. It, it is all a purpose. It is all well organized. These whole mm-hmm. things do happen the way it's happening. But well, the scariest uh, but thing. President Trump was. Yeah. President Trump was saying that uh, he will evict uh, Biden. He said we will evict Biden out. <laughs> that was last. Now he doesn't say he doesn't say beat him in an election. He says evict him. Isn't that interesting? Yep. Yep. Because there's not going to be an election until we fix 2020, and that's why we're not having an election. That's why. Well, I've been saying that that's why since you see 2020. All these people running for us. So, <laughs> yeah. so all these people, this. including uh, Robert Kennedy, he he's he's part of the plan with Trump. Oh yeah, he don't want to be a president. No way. No. Robert Kennedy doesn't want all to be president. All these people are. No, nah, no. Nah. Why not? I, I disagree with so. you. Oh, I no. think so. No, why wouldn't, he, why wouldn't he want to be president? No, no. Here's, no, right, he here's what I ask you. Let me, uh, what do you think he wants to be then? He's just playing the game with Trump, and so is Ron DeSantis. Uh, so is uh, the other people running for president. Oh, yeah. This is not, we will not have an election. Just trust my words, okay? We will not have a 2024 election until so we fix Trump, the 2020. So how's Trump going to get back in the White House then? He's going to reclaim what they stole from him, and he's going to expose uh, all the crimes against children, against vaccines, against uh, IRS stealing our money. About about everything, about everything, and it's a lot about all the wars, the the W A R. I don't know how to pronounce that well. Uh, that they have created since way back about mm-hmm. destroying the towers, our government, uh, creating bioweapon labs in the Ukraine, in Taiwan, Thailand, Iran, and many other countries. A total of three hundred something bioweapon labs. Uh, how they've been. Uh, Tampering all the vaccines since you were a child, to, so you can have autism, bipolar, cancer, uh, heart murmur, kidney failure, uh, just you name it. Uh, they've been doing all this harm to humans. Uh, the torture of children, babies as young as nine months old. How all the gays are adopting little boys so they can rape him. They have their their toy in their hands, and this is. They, they're going to be exposed with everything. This is this is going to be yeah, that's, big. And, uh, that's, that's why, yeah, that last that's one why, you're going to have to yeah, show some evidence on. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. That's why this movie was made, this child trafficking, to start opening the eyes of America and to the world. Uh, this movie was made five years ago, and they didn't release it until just now. See, five hmm. years ago, uh, 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 Biden did not have the, the open borders yet. And uh, this is all well organized. Uh, Q's been telling us for the, you know, the Q uh, program that we oh, watch. Yeah. Uh, right. They've been telling us step by step what's coming up. And in, uh, in, uh, Truth in RTV, he kind of like translates it for us because a lot of times it's hard for you to read the little letters and the little things. But he's a, he's a military. He's a Marine. He knows a lot. Uh, he's connected with... Uh, X report twenty two the guy they that you don't see his face. So a lot a lot is going on. Oh, I want to go back to that guy that he was exposed in Hollywood, uh, uh-huh. Isaac Cappy, K A P P Y. Yeah, I uh, that. I'm not sure who that he is. He was murdered. He was murdered, but before he was murdered, he was saying, "Man, he goes, 
I hate to miss what's coming. It's going to be so good. And I hate that I'm not going to be here because I guess he knew that we're going to kill him. Uh, but he was talking about JFK Jr. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, it is true. Yeah, it is true. He's alive. So JFK Jr. is the one that's been organizing a lot of the Q things uh, that's happening. So where is he? Uh, so where, where, where's JFK Jr.? If he's, I see, I'm, I'm not. I believe yet. Donald Trump is been protecting JFK. I mean, uh, me, JFK. <laughs> JFK. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That so, so is JFK in Yeah, Mar-a-Lago? I believe Donald Trump is been protecting him. Hmm. I don't know if he's in Mar-a-Lago. I don't think so. But uh, yes, uh, that's what we believe that Donald Trump is been protecting him from a long time ago. Yeah, but. Uh, but because okay. uh, I, I, a lot of times you have to pay close attention when Donald Trump, what's coming, nothing right. can stop what's coming, and it's going to happen. And uh, we just have to believe that. And I, I believe that. And this guy, before he died, he was saying mm-hmm. that he's going to miss out. He's really yeah. going to miss out to mm. see JFK. And he knew. He knew, yeah. But yeah, see, in Hall uh, sitting next to me eating breakfast with me, uh-huh. uh didn't want to tell me yes or no. Uh-huh. I asked him, did you take the pictures of him and Mount, uh, Rushmore, you know, Mountain? And he said, no comment. I said, come on, Gene, tell me, please. <laughs> but they can't. They can't. Not yet. So it's crazy. It but anyway, crazy. my time is up. I have to go get ready. Uh-huh. Uh, it's 9.01 already. Oh, no, um, isn't it funny how time flies? Yeah. Hey, do you like my new ID? Did you see my new ID picture in uh, Facebook? Yeah, yeah, I like. I mean, new ID. Yes. We're gonna make. Uh, Winnie's gonna make them for all of us. So you just uh, uh, send send an email to uh, Office Depot is the one I used, and uh, they'll make you a nice little ID. The whole thing costs uh-huh. like ten bucks. So we're all gonna get the same ID. So oh, we all meet at the first convention. What's that? Yeah. yeah ten bucks. That's all it costs me. Mhm. We have an All idea, right, but I'm going to take a look at it. I want to get close to the earn my living here. Okay. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> work, work, this work. is fun. Yeah. And I'll try to get more information from nurses, doctors, what goes on. Uh, if I know well, anybody in town that has look, malaria, uh, I'll let you know. Look into any movement of people leaving the country, crossing the southern border, going the other way. I'd be very curious if there are groups uh, or anybody who says, hey, you know, come on back. You know, it's not so bad here. Because they're not having a good time in this country. They're not getting all the things that they expected. And so they were lied to, you know. And I'm just wondering how many people said, you know, screw this. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. Uh, that would be, I'd be very well, I, curious. I think, I think some groups, groups are not getting anything, and some other groups are getting everything. So I don't know why. Uh, hmm. Because I personally know this family, and they're not getting anything. But they they got their paperwork going, permits and all that now. So maybe huh. that's why. I don't know. Yeah. We are. Okay. Yeah. But uh, some, some of the people in New York City, they're getting up to $4,000 uh, per family per month. And they're putting them in expensive hotels, kicking out a lot of the veterans. There's some of them were there. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, Sara and Gamora going on in, in those big fancy hotels in New York City right now with yeah. thousands of illegals inside a hotel all in mm. that area. 
Yeah, with little kids getting drunk and everything, so it's sad. Well, it's no picnic. These people are not getting what they expected when they came here, and this is why I think it's so fascinating. Uh, I bet you there are people mm-hmm. who are leaving, and that's going to be – and the Democrats don't want to announce that cause, because they don't want everybody to stay here. And so that's why I said someone should ask Jean-Pierre if they're going to keep the illegal aliens here and force them to stay here, or are they going to let them go home? You know, and th- this is a propaganda question of mine. That's why I wanted to ask. But yeah. they're not smart enough to ask that usually. You know, okay. All right. Chris Ray's up tomorrow yeah. at the, uh, in Congress. Hey. We'll see what he, he lies. Yeah, go ahead. God bless, and uh, see you next week, everybody. Sounds uh, good. Dos vidania. Sayonara. Hey, this Arrivederci. is Paca. Goodbye. Paca. Adios. Um, adios. <laughs> que Dios okay. te bendiga. Uh, Thanks, Josie. See you next week, Josie, with Root Uniform Shops, and uh, come and visit me on Allen Road in Pensacola, Florida. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Greg. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash Citizen Action. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? 
If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. I really like Tuesdays around here. We've got uh, Brianna starts it off and then Josie and two totally different people, but that's what makes it fun around here is all the differences. Um, We haven't really covered a lot of foreign issues for a while. There's been so much domestic stuff going on. I really like to analyze things more than anybody else and just dig into the issues, but there's some things going on around the world, especially in Europe that uh, we need to talk about. So uh, I intend to do that. So let's get to uh, our news theme and be right back.
So we've got three major places where there are problems. We've got uh, France, where the, the, uh, the nation's collapsing. We've got the Netherlands, where the government's collapsing. And we've got China that's trying to take over the world. Uh, so there's a major problem. And we've got Ukraine, uh, where we're dropping cluster bombs uh, and giving airplanes to. And we promised we wouldn't give cluster bombs uh, or airplanes. And as, as I said yesterday, don't say cluster munitions. These aren't munitions. These are bombs. Okay? They are bombs that break into little bomblets that explode. You know, like shrapnel or a very large area to kill as many people as possible. It's kind of like a, one of those Claymore landmines that uh, spray shrapnel and nasty little ball bearings and things. It's, just, it's, it's, that kind of, it's pretty disgusting stuff. But that's what they do. Anyway, so I thought I'd take a look and see what's going on in the foreign press. And I've got a couple of sources that, uh, um, that Marco gave me yesterday. One is Dutch News. And then the next one he gave me is the NL Times. That'll be the Netherlands Times. And I found one story uh, in one of them I thought was interesting. So let me see if I can uh, – I've got all these different sources here to pull up. Uh, if anybody wants to call, 215-383-3832. Uh, so I just announced I have my new um, new pro, which is all our content information. I thought I'd just put it all in one place so people could find it. Um, but that's good. And we also have live chats working as well. Um, so let me see if I can find it. Well, let's start with the Dutch news. So Dutch news, this is July 10th, which is yesterday. Anyway, it says uh, – uh, the Dutch government falls, Root quit, I guess it's the prime minister, R-U-T-T-E, quits, and then it says what happens now. And so the cabinet has fallen. Uh, prime Minister Mark Root has said he will leave politics after the next election, and they won't be voted until November at the earliest. Here's what happens now. This is when will the election take place. The collapse of the Dutch coalition government or alliance between the VVD, CDA, D66, and Christian Uni UNIE, means the Netherlands will hold new elections over a year early, and a cabinet term uh, in the Netherlands uh, is four years, and the next last election was held March 17th of 2021, which is, you know, two years ago. He says, in the Dutch electoral law, uh, an election must take place within three months of the formal decision to dissolve parliament. In addition, election officials must make sure there's enough time for parties to register and find candidates, you know, MPs, in other words, members of parliament, for Dutch nationals abroad to sign up and vote uh, and for their local authorities to organize everything. Since the summer holidays could be a complicating factor. Yeah, Europe takes holidays in the summer. When Europe goes on holiday, everybody, the, whole, the whole continent goes on holiday. July and August, like terrible months for don't travel in Europe July and August. All the Europeans are traveling. You want to go when I went. Uh, when I went to Europe, I went from March to June. <laughs> you know why? Because the Europeans weren't traveling yet. So I, I got in my travel, and then I went home, and then they all took off. All right. Next one, the chairman of the Electoral College has already uh, said, uh, Electoral Council, excuse me, has already said that given the recent uh, provincial elections and everything else that needs to be done, elections can take place at the earliest in mid-November. So it's interesting that parliamentary system is completely different uh, than what we're used to in the United States. Now, I grew up with parliamentary system in Canada and Australia, and of course, England has one. Uh, and it's usually parliamentary systems are what you find in monarchies or former monarchies. So the king presides over the government and presides over parliament. And parliament really has the power uh, because they're elected by the people, a supposed democracy. And then uh, one of the ministers, when, uh, when a party you know, wins a majority of seats, one of the ministers of, that, of the majority party becomes the prime minister. Uh, so the prime minister is really just a member of parliament. So it's a completely different system than the United States, where the president is completely separate from Congress, who is separate from the Supreme Court. In a parliamentary system, uh, the prime minister is literally one of the ministers uh, of the majority party. And this is the main reason I don't like parties, because parties can have way too much power. 
So in a, in a democracy, if I may use a term like the Netherlands, you've got all these different competing parties. And so what they try to do to form a majority is they have to get a coalition. So you might have two or more parties that get together uh, and, and try and become a majority. So yeah, we'll join together. Uh, and then they form the government. But the governments can also collapse, too, in the parliamentary system. They can have a vote of no confidence. They can have all kinds of things. So the governments and parliamentary systems are very temporary and very subject to the whims of the people. That's why you don't find these governments with as many guaranteed rights. They don't have a Bill of Rights, as far as I know. I mean, the Netherlands, I doubt, has a Bill of Rights. I can ask Marco. He'll let me know. Um, but uh, they don't have the same guarantees that we do. But we don't even have the same guarantees anymore as we keep moving towards democracy. So the way to move back to a republic is to separate the powers. Oh, Marcus, Marcus says you can't collapse any further than rock bottom. Yeah, uh, that's a problem. That is definitely a problem. Um, and so Netherlands had another problem, too, because they had a farmland crisis. So you had all these wacko um, bureaucrats that were kowtowing to the, uh, the European Union, who kowtows to the, the world government, the globalists, who believe that somehow climate change is a bad thing. Um, climates change all the time, but you can't legislate against it. <laughs> you know, you're not going to stop climate by driving your SUV or for whatever's happening. And quite frankly, um, burning of organic fuels is good for the environment because it puts carbon back in the sky, which puts into carbon dioxide, which puts it in the plant, makes food. So the, the farmers of the Netherlands actually have a vested interest in burning more organic fuel. It's not a problem because it puts more carbon dioxide in the air, which means more plants, which means more food, which means more business, which means more people fed. So the globalists who don't want people to get fed are trying to cut off carbon dioxide, knowing full well that that's the, uh, the build block of plants. And the, without plants, you know, there's no animals. And then without the animals, there's no us. So it just, you know, we're just at the top of the pyramid there. Pretty strong pyramid that requires carbon dioxide and lots of it. Uh, in order to lots of it well it's still less than one per half a percent of the uh, the total gases up there but that's still enough to keep the plants going we the minimum is 150 parts per million below 150 parts per million all life dies that's <laughs> kind of how it works so you, you got to be careful of that uh oh, here we go so so marco says fundamental rights Chapter 1 of the Constitution lays down the rights of all persons of the Netherlands. These fundamental rights are principally human rights and democratic rights. In other words, they're not rights at all, <laughs> because they're sounds like the UN Declaration of Human Rights, which is really a declaration of slavery to the world government. He says they include freedom from discrimination, freedom of religion and expression, and the right to privacy. I guess, do they include abortion in the right to privacy, like they do, like our, our court's been trying to do in our Constitution, even though it's not there? That'd be something interesting. So, I think Marco sent me the, the the Netherlands Constitution before, but just for the fun of it. Let me see if I can look it up real quickly. Yeah, da, da, da. Constitution of the Constitution of the Netherlands. See what comes up. So we might as well study our nations and uh, constitution and charter. So in our charter is what a government gives to a corporation. Charters are not institutions. Let's make that really clear. So I've got the government of the Netherlands. I've got the crown with the two horses and the crest and the crown on top. So the Constitution is the most important state document and the highest law in the Netherlands. It dates from 1814. The version of the Constitution currently enforced dates from 1983, <laughs> which is like recent history, right? It combines the rule. I'm not laughing at you, Marco. I'm sorry. It combines the rules governing the Dutch system of government and fundamental rights. Okay, fundamental rights, that's a UN term. 
those are, are rights that apply to all humanity, human rights, okay? So there's a difference between human rights, which apply to the entire world's population, and individual rights, which apply to a particular country under a constitution. So in the United States, we have individual rights because of our constitution, which starts off, we the people of the United States, which only applies to people of the United States, okay? Our constitution does not apply to people that drop in here, give birth here to people on U.S. dirt, or anything else. The Constitution applies to we, the people of the United States. It is a declaration of individual rights in the Bill of Rights. It is not a declaration of human rights or fundamental rights. Totally different. Okay? We believe that the human being is endowed by our creator with unalienable rights. But most charters, like the UN Declaration of Human Rights, believes that the government grants rights and responsibilities and tells you what you can do and can't do with your rights. That's wrong. Dutch Constitution, back to our, our, our page here, says, includes fundamental rights that give individuals the freedom to live and to take part in society and politics without interference from government. Fundamental, well, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> the government gives people the right to live and take part in society? See, so society is not individual rights. It's totally different. And it says, in politics without interference from government, fundamental rights include freedom of expression, the right to privacy, the right to vote and to stand for elections, the right to equal treatment. Oh, that's loaded. Important rules on the organization of the Dutch system of government, such as how representatives of state institutions, such as parliament, government, and the courts are elected or appointed and what their duties and powers are. So that's, that's a good thing. That's, that's the contract. That's what a constitution is for. How laws are made and how a constitution itself can be amended. Okay. How provinces and municipalities are governed. That's not the problem. The problem is the fundamental rights. I'll get to Pianchi. He's on now in a second. Chapter one of the Constitution lays down rights of all persons in the Netherlands. These fundamental rights are principally human rights and democratic rights. In other words, they're not rights at all. This is include freedom from discrimination. Well, that's arbitrary. Uh, freedom of religion and expression and the right to privacy. That's pretty arbitrary, too. Social rights which, of course, don't exist, right, because all rights are individual. Social rights, such as the right to housing and health care, are also laid down in the Constitution. Okay, so that's wrong, too. Constitutions are a contract limiting the government and a, a Bill of Rights that uh, limits the government from infringing on people's individual rights. This is right of the UN Declaration of Human Rights. So, so this is why things are it's, it's unalienable. It's not inalienable. It's unalienable. UN, inalienable. Good morning, Pianchi. How you been? What's going on? Yeah, they got given rights. He was born with them. Not in the Netherlands. So, so, so the Netherlands is an interesting study. So the government's collapsing because it's a democracy, because it's a parliamentary system, because it's subject to the whims uh, of the people, because they have, mutual, they have many parties that combine together to form a coalition government, because they have votes, votes of no confidence, and ultimately they're still under the European Union, which is under uh, the UN world government. So they're screwed. Well, yeah. And uh, human rights, United States are not is not uh, signatory mm-hmm. to the declaration. If you sure? Read that, that, I think that's well, where the whole here. idea about yeah. kids having rights above their parents mm-hmm. came from. And when you look at the language that's written, and fundamental rights is something that's given to you by man. Our rights come from we were born with them. All the rights in the universe, the Constitution protects you from the federal government. The Bill of Rights protects you from your individual 
state's quote country that you live in. Mm-hmm. But but notice the difference too between the parliamentary system. This is why it's good to go over what's going on in the Netherlands. Parliamentary system, they have two houses generally, and uh, they have the the leader of the party is one of the ministers, I believe, in the upper house usually, uh, and the and the minister um, of the majority party becomes the prime minister. In other words, the minister that then hops over to the executive. See, in the United States, we don't do that. We have a separation. The president is, it'd be like uh, the Speaker of the House becoming uh, the president, if they could make that jump. Now, this is in the succession order, but I'm not talking yeah. about that. Or the Senate majority president uh, would make the jump from uh, Congress to be president, and then they go back to Congress again, if we had a parliamentary system. See, we don't. So it's a very different system, because we have a separation of powers and a republic which is a completely different form of government. So Americans don't really understand how tenuous these governments are. Italy is famous for having a government for a month, two months, you know, multiple governments per year, multiple coalitions. Yeah, even within an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't remember that, but that's interesting. Ten, but that you'll have like 10, 12 parties that have to form a coalition. Israel has problems with coalitions. So the Likud is the conservative and the labor is the liberal, um, but there's still like eight other parties. <laughs> In, in the Knesset, in the Israeli parliament. So parliamentary systems I see as flawed because I believe the Republican system is far better. That's why I'm here under a Republican, not a Republican government, by the way, a, a Republican party. I'm talking about a system of a republic where the powers are separated, where the constitution is really a contract. You know, it's, it's, it's a contract between the, the, the states and the federal government. And the states say you can exist federal government if you follow the contract. If you don't follow the contract, you know, we're going to get rid of you. But the problem is the states aren't enforcing the contract. That's right. People don't understand that the, the states have more power than the federal government. Yeah, they don't. Well, let's go back to Holland for a second. I mean, excuse me, Netherlands. And the next section of the curriculum is who runs the country in the meantime. Now, we know we have the farmers that are uh, having problems because the government believes that nitrogen is evil, even though it's 72% of the atmosphere, uh, and because that food is bad. <laughs> All these stupid things are going on. But it says, but now the government, I'm just trying to figure out why the government collapsed. Then we can talk about France and China and some other places. It says the current coalition will remain in office until a new coalition government is sworn in in a caretaker capacity. So they have a temporary government from their regular temporary government. It says in technical terms, the coalition is known as demissionaire. Sounds like a French term. As, we, as, as our ministers. Dutch News uses caretaker to describe demissionaire ministers, uh, if relevant. It says, by convention, caretaker ministers will limit their work to dealing with issues deemed to be non-controversial by both houses of parliament. Oh, yeah, right. In the case of the present government, tackling nitrogen pollution, the issue of asylum and migration and housing reforms are all likely to be left well alone until we have a new coalition. So let's talk about those for a minute in terms of what we know. Nitrogen pollution. What do you think of the term nitrogen pollution? Well, I know how it has been applied before, mm -hmm. and basically what it is is runoff, water runoff from agriculture fields into streams. That's nitrogen fertilizer. That's different than nitrogen. Nitrogen is gas. So my contention is, like carbon dioxide, there is no nitrogen pollution. There's no such thing. Nitrogen is... 72% of the atmosphere. 
That's most of it <laughs> for those of you that didn't the, the, for you those of you that went to government schools. So if so most happens, of the atmosphere. So what happens to what happens to it when you freeze it? Because well, it becomes liquid. Well, I don't think you freeze it becomes liquid nitrogen at like what four hundred degrees below zero or something. Liquid nitrogen is really cool. What do you think oh, dry no. ice is? No, that's liquid uh, carbon dioxide. That's frozen carbon dioxide, is isn't it? it? I think so. Let's look it up. It's a good question. Let's see if my dictionary has a, has a thing. I was, helping to, I was having, helping to design a, a ammonia plant where we use uh, natural it's carbon gas. dioxide. Dry ice is carbon dioxide. I was right. I'm not always right, but I was that that time. <laughs> okay, so so if nitrogen pollution doesn't exist, why is that an issue? Here's the next one: uh, the issue of asylum and migration. Are they the same thing? Let's apply it to our country, because this is affecting all of Europe and it's affecting us right now. We talk, Remember, if you're listening when Brianna was on, we were talking about the basically the Muslim invasion of France from Algeria. And I talked about the other day how uh, I was listening to Glenn Beck, had somebody that was there and asked the Algerian migrants, you know, is, is, in your heart, are you French or are you Algerian? And to a person, they said Algerian. So, so the France has imported a whole bunch of people that have no intentions of becoming French. They're staying Algerian. That is suicidal for a nation. That's like us, if we opened our southern border and let a bunch of people in who had no allegiance to the United States. Of course, that'll never happen, right? But that would be just as stupid. I'm being facetious here. Oh, Marco says, demissionary is, is the English word. Derived from French, but still the English version is almost the same. Okay, yeah. That's interesting. I, I'd never heard that word before. Anyway... So uh, do you have a comment on asylum or migration? I think they're suicidal. What's going on? Pianki? Hello, hello. I don't know what's, what's going on. Okay. Well, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay, good. That's all. That's all. All right. So here's, let me give you my take on it. So asylum is one of the most misused words out there. Asylum really specifically refers to people that can document that they are being politically oppressed, repressed, or in danger from their government for their beliefs, their writings, their thoughts, you know, their uh, internet activity, things like that. And in which case they go to the next country, to their country, and they stay there until it's safe to return to their country. That's what, it, that's what asylum is. Asylum is not bringing everybody in and using the term asylum so they can get around the migration, the immigration laws. That's what they're doing here. Migration, migrants, are people that come into a country, do a job, and go home. That's what a migrant is. They are migrant workers. They come in, you know, pick the field, so it's whatever crop, you know, strawberries, whatever, and then they go home. That's what a migrant is. An immigrant is somebody that applies to come to a country, is accepted by that country's government, as a permanent resident with the intention of becoming a citizen. That's what an immigrant is. Now, what's happening in these countries in Europe and the United States, these are not immigrants. They're not migrants. They're not asylum seekers. They're simply people that want to, you know, take our better life and have us pay for them. Well, that's just stupid to bring those people in, but it's going to collapse the country. Uh, next one, housing oh, reforms. I don't like know about Like Stalin did. What's well, that Stalin got rid of, what, 50 million? Hmm. 
Well, so he started speaking with was five and fifty yeah. million out of his country. That was he considered his troublemakers. Yeah, he just starved him to death. He, they, the Ukrainians no, he and the got Georgians. Rid of, he exported. Yeah. Oh, he did. Well, he probably did that too. Or he sent him to Siberia where they all died in the gulags. All right, housing reforms. I don't know what the housing reforms are. And then it says we'll be left. I don't want, so we'll have to ask. Uh, I imagine space is a problem in the Netherlands because Europe, like most countries, have too many people and not enough space. <laughs> so there we go. Then it says, do we still have a prime minister? Mark Root has said he is leaving politics and will not lead the VVD. I guess that's the, uh, the main pol- uh, political party in the Netherlands. Election campaign. Technically, this means he will no longer be prime minister once there's been a general election. Does uh, now, now the Netherlands has a monarch? Don't you have a queen, Wilhelmina, in the Netherlands, Marco? I might could look it up. But uh, who's the, who's the? I think it's, isn't it Queen Pianki? Do you know if it's Queen Wilhelmina still uh, is the monarch of the Netherlands? I haven't got this nice idea. We'll find out in a minute. Marco says, uh, Wilhelmina has been dead for years. Okay, obviously my news is old. I'm sorry, Marco. Who's the current monarch? She was queen in the Second World War. Okay, all right. Uh, after Queen Beatrix. I remember that. Okay, Beatrix probably World War One. So who's the current? Uh, now it's King William Alexander. Willem Alexander. I have no idea. Did you know the Netherlands has a, has a king? Pianki? I couldn't tell you. Okay, this is why I do. This is why we're doing foreign stuff today. Uh, okay, so then it says Marco says, uh, was that the guy France had said uh, it was the last time for the African countries to colonize France as they were colonized by France in the past? Okay, Algeria was colonized by France. Uh, I think a lot of the the French Foreign Legion serves in Algeria. I think a lot of people serving in the French Foreign Legion are serving in Algeria. Uh, but uh, but Morocco, Algeria, Libya, Egypt. Uh, all those countries across the top of Africa, Saharan Africa, as opposed to sub-Saharan Africa, are Muslim countries. And nothing wrong with being Muslim. But what I'm saying is if you, if you import Muslim, a Muslim population into a Christian country, you're going to have a conflict. Your country is either going to stay Christian with resistance or it's going to become Muslim with resistance. Either way, you're going to have resistance. It's not a good situation. So France, if they want to remain Christian, should not have imported gobs of Muslims. If France did want to become a Muslim country, then importing gobs of Muslims is fine, especially because Muslims have more kids than uh, Christian French do by quite a lot. All right, let's see what else has gone in the Netherlands, because the Netherlands is like a case study for all of Europe. So what do you, about, what, Pianca, what do you think about this social rights? Is there such a thing as a social right? That's some more woke, made-up stuff. Well, but it's in the it's in the UN Declaration of Human Rights, because human because human rights are rights for everybody. They apply worldwide, right? That's what human rights are. They apply to all humans. That's why it's a bogus term. So, and, and one of the rights in the UN Declaration of Human Rights is the right to dignity. Well, dignity includes a living wage, healthcare, education, housing, and food, because you can't you can't lead a dignified life unless you have the uh, you know the basics, right? The basics of survival. And so the, so the UN Declaration says is you have a right to those things. Well, the only way the government can provide those is to take the money for those from other people. So it's really a transfer. These are transfer rights. Right? Well, I'll tell you what. Those, uh, 
they see the problems that they've had, and it's been going on, I should say, uh, leading up to this mm-hmm. problem for quite some time. But uh, that's what happens when you have a population decline and you have to import people to do medial uh, jobs, then uh, things just start to spring from there. Yeah. But you can see where the problems come in. If you bring in a bunch of Algerian Muslims into France who have no intentions of becoming French, yet because they're in the country, have a right to housing, health care, education, food, and, every, and a living wage, you can see where the problems come in. You can see where the country is forced to pay for people that don't want to become citizens, don't want to be in their hearts are still Algerian or whatever the country they come from. But Algerian is the biggest number. And you can see why the country is in crisis. In France, right? How about the Netherlands? Where do the people come from in the Netherlands? Let's ask Marco. Where, where are your immigrants coming from? Uh, the Dutch. What was the Dutch Empire? Dutch East Indies that became Indonesia. Uh, some countries in Africa that were Dutch colonies. Did the, were the Dutch in the Caribbean? What were Dutch countries in Africa? There was the uh, South Africa, right, if I remember my history. The Boers. Remember the Boer War with Britain? where Britain and, Hol- and the Netherlands uh, fought for South Africa. The Afrikaners are Dutch. King Leopold, King Leopold of the Belgian Congo. I so that's Belgian. Leopold Dutch? No, I think it was he Belgian. He killed 10 million. He took people's hands and the arms off if they didn't produce enough rubber. I don't know about that. But I think Leopold was, was, I think, was Belgian, like you said. So, so Marco's helping us out here. So he says, um, talking about the monarchy, it's more of a show nowadays. In theory, monarchy can stop certain laws by refusing to sign. In practice, that never happens. Yeah, I didn't think the monarchy had a lot of power, but the prime minister does. But doesn't the, 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 the king, doesn't King Alexander still have to approve of the prime minister? Because they did in England. In England, the queen, even the prime minister is elected by the majority party, or nowadays King Charles, would still have to approve if they changed British prime ministers. Now, the South Africa, I was right. The Boers, which were Dutch, were farmers. Uh, and the Dutch farmers fought, I guess, the British soldiers for South Africa. He says, uh, Marco says, you know, New York used to be New Amsterdam. Yes, I do. And before it was New Amsterdam, it was Iroquois. <laughs> Iroquois. So it was American Indian. Uh, and then the Dutch had it. Well, now, now, here's an interesting history. Marco, you can help us out with this one, too, because we were talking about this earlier with uh, Brianna, that the Dutch became the Pennsylvania Dutch, and I'm not sure how many were Dutch and how many were German. It might have been a collective thing back then. But Dutch have a big population here. Uh, and the Amish, the Amish, the folks that still live in horse-drawn wagons and make butter in a churn and uh, you know, stuff like that, the folks that live naturally without electricity, uh, I think they were originally Dutch. Marco says, no. Huh. Those are Germans. Oh, okay, good. All right, so I've got I to gotta look up our history on that. So Pennsylvania Dutch are really Germans? That's interesting. So where did New Amsterdam come from? Were they Dutch? They were Dutch explorers, right? They came to uh, what's now New York when the British took it over. Was there a war? Pianchi, did, was there a war for New York that I missed along the way here? No, I don't think so. New okay. York used to be part of uh, back during the time of Pandia. The Rock well, way back. Thing. Yeah, that's way back. Marcus says the that Pennsylvania Dutch. Reagan. <laughs> Marco says Pennsylvania Dutch, and he says Pensifanisch. I guess that's a Dutch word. Deitch. Pensifanisch Deitch. I guess that's Pennsylvania Dutch in Dutch. 
also known as Pennsylvania Germans, are an ethnic group native to Pennsylvania and other American states. Yeah, Germans are one of our largest ethnic group behind the British. In fact, we almost spoke German as our national language. There was a vote in uh, Congress because half of Congress spoke German, the other half spoke English as the primary language. And there was, it was only by one vote, English became the official language because we could have all been speaking German because there were that many German immigrants in the United States. A little note of history. So immigration can be a good thing or well, a bad the majority thing. Of the words, majority of the words you found in American English were French Latin. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of German words in English. There's a lot of, yeah. So, so Latin and then the Romance languages, French, uh, Italian, and Spanish. So you've got the Romance languages, you've got Latin, you've got German, and you've also got Greek. There's a lot of Greek words in English. And Arabic words. So English is a real hodgepodge. All right. Let's go back to a fundamental right. I've got the Constitution right here of Holland. It says, no review of constitutionality of primary legislation. They don't have judicial review. This is interesting. So Netherlands, it says, the courts cannot review primary legislation to see whether it is compatible with the Constitution and then declare it unlawful if it is not. Whereas our Supreme Court has assumed that, even though it's not in the Constitution. Dutch Constitution says such review is permitted in most other countries in the European Union. Yeah. This is amending the Constitution. Legislative procedure to amend the Constitution differs from that for ordinary legislation. The Constitution is revised. I'm not going to worry about that. Interesting. So let's get back to our government story here. All right. So that's what's happening there. So let me, let me pull up some other stories about what's going on. Here's an interesting, speaking of foreign stories, Israel. I found a story in the Center for Security Policy, and it says, why does Israel need nuclear weapons? Do you think Israel has nuclear weapons? Piaki, what do you think? They don't have no way to deliver. They got airplanes. They got missiles. Sure they do. This is Maya Carlin, analyst, M-A-Y-A-C-A-R-L-A-N. <laughs> Maybe George Carlin's daughter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, July 7th, 2023, so three days after July 4th, she writes, born out of the Holocaust and surrounded by hostile neighbors, Israel's self-preservation has always depended on a robust security apparatus. Since its founding in 1948, the Jewish state has been in a perpetual state of conflict. For this reason, Israel has relied on foreign allies and indigenous engineers and production to secure its weapons arsenal. The Jewish state maintains its nuclear ambiguous states. However, it is commonly understood that the country indeed possesses nuclear capabilities. In other words, they got the bomb. It says nuclear deterrence is the ultimate insurance policy, which many Israelis consider necessary for the country's survival. So this is why it's so interesting that, you know, the, speaking of foreign policy again, Obama has been doing everything possible to give the bomb to Iran. Well, who's the country that's most going to be affected by that is Israel. So Obama is actually almost guaranteeing a nuclear conflict between Iran and Israel because he's stupid enough to try and arm his Muslim brothers in Iran. That's a foreign policy disaster. What do you think? That's why the Muslims are tearing up everything in Israel. I mean, France. If it ain't about Islam, tear it up was the cry. That's what happened so, in uh, the ISIS. And they, they came through those countries. They tore up the tomb of Nimrod. They uh-huh. had threatened to blow up the pyramids. 
when uh, back in the day when they controlled Egypt, they went through the pyramids and pulled a lot of the caps out of the the uh, polished stone off to build mobs around uh, around Cairo. Mm-hmm. Here's another problem too. Uh, one of the biggest problems, especially I remember in Sweden, was the rape of of young girls, like 15 or younger, by Muslim men. So what is it, what is it in, Muslim, in, in Islam that allows this kind of barbaric behavior? And why would these European countries tolerate this and, and bring in Muslim men? <laughs> you know, our Muslims in general, uh, without having them completely assimilate to uh, Western culture. What's that? It's ethnic cleansing. They grew up to become Muslims. They are what the father is. That's what Obama was a Muslim when he was born. Oh, we know Obama's a Muslim, despite uh, protestations by the left to the contrary. I mean, he acts like a Muslim. He favors Muslim countries. He, uh, I'm sure, ordered the surrender. Uh, under Brandon um, in Afghanistan and uh, arming all his Muslim brothers in the Taliban and uh, throughout Europe, he's been, or where, you know, throughout the Middle East, uh, he's done everything possible to give the bomb to Iran. I mean, what more evidence do you need? It's pretty obvious that Barack Obama is a Muslim sympathizing. He sponsored the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. He had Muslim Brotherhood people in the White House and Egypt throughout the Muslim Brotherhood. I think they killed a couple of them, if I remember. So Obama, you know, and, and Islam have a long-standing relationship, and because his father was uh, was Muslim. Anyway, so our foreign policy sucked under Obama because he hates this country, uh, and did everything possible to arm Muslim nations, and he hates Israel. No wonder Israel has the bomb. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to the article here. It says after the U.S. dropped two atomic bombs on the Japanese cities of Nagasaki and Hiroshima, or Hiroshima. During World War II, other countries began conducting nuclear test explosions. The United Kingdom, France, China, and the Soviet Union soon took away America's short-lived monopoly of the atomic bomb. Well, what she fails to mention is that's because we had spies like the Rosenbergs that gave away the atomic bomb. The State Department gave the atomic bomb to Russia. Just like the State Department you know, put Mao in charge of China, the communists, as opposed to Chiang Kai-shek, who was forced to go to Taiwan. So we could have avoided, avoided pretty much everything. Uh, that, that, that went wrong from World War II if we just got rid of our State Department. So a bunch of communists. Then the article says, uh, this is in a joint effort to prevent the dangerous spread of nuclear technology, except under Obama to Iran. That's not in the article, that's me. The Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty was produced in the late 1960s. With, while 191 states have signed the treaty to date, few notably have not. <laughs> in addition to North Korea, which withdrew from the Tweety in 2003, Pakistan, India, and Israel are not signatories to the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. Isn't that interesting? Well, guess what? They all have bombs. Pakistan has the bomb, India has the bomb, and Israel has the bomb. So, of course, they're not signing the the Non-Proliferation Treaty because they already have the bomb. Kind of hypocritical. So the question is, how does this affect the foreign policy? Don't know yet. Israel's nuclear development. This is early on. See, what's so fascinating about this article is it confirms, so, well, nuclear policy of Israel is ambiguous, but the, this article says, yeah, they got the bomb. <laughs> so there's nothing ambiguous about it. So early on in Israel's history, the Jewish state explored nuclear capabilities in an effort to offset the combined conventional superiority of its neighbors. That's why Israel always wins the wars, right? Because they got nukes. 
Israel's first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, played a huge role in the country's initial nuclear interest. As detailed by the New York Times, so there you go, Ben-Gurion, first prime minister, created a scientific department at the headquarters of the Haganah, the semi-official Jewish defense organization, which some people have called terrorists, but uh, others have called nationalists, and allocated it an annual budget of some 10,000 uh, mandatory pounds. You know, so then get more details here. Then it says stockpiles and upgrades. So you're asking how can Israel develop, deliver nuclear bombs? Well, right here, the Jericho one missile. Israel gave South Africa the bomb. Oh, that's interesting. Wouldn't surprise me. It says the Jericho missile featured a range capable of striking Egypt and Syria if launched from Negev. According to CSIS, that would be the Center for Security Policy, Oh, some, not somebody different. The Jericho One could carry a payload of 650 kilograms, reportedly equipped with a 450-kilogram high-explosive warhead, 20-kiloton nuclear warhead, or potentially a chemical warhead. It's a pretty useful missile. Israel and its top advi- adversary, Iran, have been engaged in a shadow war for years. However, translating proximity to acquiring its own nuclear capabilities, courtesy of Barack Obama, has left Israel, that's my, my comment on Obama, has left Israeli officials concerned. If hostilities continue to ramp up, Israel's longstanding nuclear uh, opacity could change. It won't be opaque anymore. It'll be blatantly obvious. So that's what's going on in Israel. Well, those people weren't from that area anyway. Huh. Historically. What's that foreign policy? I got more, actually, but this is... Uh, they were from uh, Europe. Our so Francis, France is collapsing because of immigration. This article in the New York Post says, says the Netherlands is collapsing from immigration, too. So who says immigration is a good thing? So those people say we're a nation of immigrants. A, they're wrong. We only have 14% immigrants, at least we used. And B, immigration is not necessarily a good thing. Nationalism is. Immigrants that want to assimilate are a good thing. Immigrants that don't want to assimilate are a bad thing. Well, so how did you separate? You don't know what's in the crowd. You're the Afghan refugees they brought here and elsewhere. Why would you take people out of the uh, indigenous area and relocate them elsewhere if you're not, you know it's going to cause strife? To make communities like Little Mogadishu in um, Minnesota. And to or uh, Minneapolis, and to bring uh, colonies of, of folks to uh, basically not assimilate. Why do we have what's that place in uh, Colony Ridge? Remember in Texas, the, the illegal alien city. You know we have illegal. We have all these different communities growing up around the country that are not American. Oh, we got more from. Uh, a few minutes left. Let me get this comment from. Um, Mark in the Netherlands, as we're featuring the Netherlands today. Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay. It says, today the majority of Dutch Americans live in Michigan, California, Montana, Minnesota, Illinois, Wyoming. It's a bunch of states. They live in a lot of places. Okay. It says, Americans, uh, it says, Dutch Americans are the Pennsylvania Dutch, a group of mainly German Americans who settled in Pennsylvania in the colonial era and whose name is the derivation of the Pennsylvania Dutch endonym Deutsch, which means Pennsylvania Dutch or, or German. Uh, ultimately, the terms Deutsch, Dutch, Deutsch, and Deutsch are all descendants of the Proto-Germanic word Blutisgas, meaning popular or of the people. Well, that's interesting. So there's a huge influence of, of Dutch folks here in the United States. 
since we don't hear about radical Netherlands people destroying our country, I imagine that they're doing quite well and quite happy to have them here. Interesting people. So we don't have you know roaming Dutch gangs in the streets. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So what's going on then in the Netherlands? Dutch government collapses over immigration policy. Catherine Dunlevy, that doesn't sound like a Dutch name, July 8th, 2023. Oh, it's New York Post. Uh, yeah, so New York Post is reporting this from a couple of days ago. The Dutch government collapsed Friday after failing to reach a decision on how to mitigate its overwhelming stream of asylum seekers. That's not what the Dutch article said, but this is what the New York Post said. So this is where it's good to get different sources. This article says the crisis arose after the government realized it couldn't progress towards a stalemate over Prime Minister Mark Roots' conservative VBD party, party's plan to separate refugee families and limit the number of migrants entering the Netherlands. That's what Trump's going to do here. Won't that be interesting? This is the longest service premier of the nation, resigned in the wake of the collapse, but will remain in office until the new prime minister is chosen. Quote, it is no secret that the coalition partners have very different views on migration policy. And today, unfortunately, we have to draw the conclusion that those differences are irreconcilable, Root said in a press conference. See, if you go against uh, illegal aliens here, you're called a racist. So there's a definite move to bring as many illegal aliens to the United States as possible. But take a look at what's going on in, in the Netherlands right now, and we see our future. Mm-hmm. It says the collapse followed two days of late night meetings between the coalition over the issue of immigration, which has put a strain on the already densely populated country's housing infrastructure. Well, that's where that housing reform came from that was mentioned earlier. The four-party coalition has been trying to hash out a deal for months on how to handle uh, the dramatic influx of thousands of migrants seeking refuge, including from African nations and Ukraine. Well, why don't you just close your borders, Marco? This is among the many proposals the coalition considered creating two classes of asylum, a temporary one, <laughs> yeah, right, for people fleeing conflicts, and a permanent one for people trying to escape persecution, and capping the number of family members uh, allowed to join asylum seekers in Netherlands. <laughs> That's not going to work either. So the biggest Some problem is the What's Some that? Africans are not running from those Africans are not running from the persecution. They just running there to get a job. Yeah. Which I understand. Uh, if I were Dutch, I wouldn't condone it because there's enough Dutch to do it. And this is another European countries, just like the, the article says, are usually densely populated with limited space. You know, there's 60 million Germans in not that big an area. A lot of people. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many French there are, probably several 20, 30, 40 million French. But it's interesting that uh, immigration is their big problem. And the problem with immigration is it's self-inflicted. So I'll ask Marco uh, the same question. Why don't you close your borders? Why? Ah, he says EU, the European Union. European Union omits laws and rules that supersede Dutch law. That's why you need Brexit. You need, you need Duxit. <laughs> the Dutch exit. Hey, Marco, I'm going to write that down. You need Duxit. That would be D-U-X-I-T. Exit. Dutch exit. <laughs> you like that, Marco? Oh, Nexit. Oh, there's Nexit. So that's a real thing? Nexit? What's that stand for? Netherlands exit? That's just as good. 
So what's the move? Uh, we should look this up. So, uh, I mean, how many countries, this is something I should look into for tomorrow maybe, how many countries want to get out of the European Union? Pianchi, do you know anything about that? What's that? How, how many, many countries, countries? Want, want out of the European Union? Well, enough of it, enough of them got out in order to, to collapse it, didn't it? Is this, does it still, does the EU still exist? Oh, yeah, big time. They still are on the euro. They still have, uh, oh, he's got a website for me here. Let me copy this down. Take a look after the show. This is fascinating. We, we actually, we, we have our foreign correspondent uh, in the Netherlands gives us information back immediately. This is wild. All right. So the problem with the um, European Union is it becomes a tyrannical world government over these independent countries. They've stolen their currency, put them on the euro. They've taken their ability to close their own borders. And if you don't have borders, you don't have a country. They said that uh, they've actually... Now, how did the European Union get control of European countries? Did those countries vote away their power? So this seems to be the fundamental problem. Huh. Article in the New York Post says the intense immigration issue will continue to be a focal point in the new election cycle, which is November. More than 21,500 non-Europeans sought asylum in the Netherlands in 2022. That doesn't sound like a lot, but the Netherlands isn't that big. Since asylum applications in the country are projected to surpass 70,000 this year, marking a record-breaking high. Well, that's almost uh, that's, that's 91.5 between the two years. That's almost 100,000 people. So last year, the country's reception uh, center turned refugees away from its overcrowded housing complexes, forcing them to sleep outside in squalid conditions. And they weren't forced to sleep outside. They should have gone home. Hundreds of homeless asylum seekers were left with little or no access to drinking water, sanitary facilities, or health care. That's not the problem of the Dutch. That's the problem of the people that came there that shouldn't have come there. It's their own fault. Go home. I have no sympathy for people that go to another nation simply to take advantage of that nation's hardworking people and, and, and wealth just so they can get free stuff. I have no sympathy for those people whatsoever. That's probably going to do it for us for today. So it's getting complex over there in Europe. How about... Um, so? I guess, well, Ukraine, we're pretty much stuck on. Hey, Marco, take it easy. Thanks for all your help today. Really appreciate it. He says, have you seen the Spanish minister visit a climate conference traveled by a private jet than a limo? Yeah, they all do that. Climate change is the same thing as the the European Union uh, taking away your borders. It's about control. So if you have a nation filled with illegal aliens or asylum seekers, you have no nation. Because they come in, they don't have any allegiance to the Netherlands or to Germany or to France or to Sweden or any of these countries. They come in, take over, and demand stuff. Oh, and they says he biked the last few years. Yeah, meetings. they <laughs> demand welfare. Yeah. Well, welfare should be illegal for non-citizens. It should be illegal for uh, permanent residents, too. Then here comes your human rights, bleeding heart, Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Not my problem. Well, I mean, I would argue quite frankly, the United States has no, uh, the government, uh, human rights are not part of our government. We do not have human rights in the United States. The United States 
one of the major advantages that Americans have is their guns. Yeah. They use since governments and government policies. Well, here's the question. One What's going to happen when towns... Those countries where they gave up their weapons. The yeah. citizens okay. gave up their weapons, so they had the mercy of anybody. You know, it's interesting. I don't know. I know France had a resistance. I bet you the Netherlands had a resistance in World War II also. Betcha, betcha. We can look it up. The Dutch resistance, Polish resistance, uh, Norwegian's uh, Swedish resistance, Switzerland, the whole population was around, the whole country was a resistance to the Nazis. That's why they didn't invade Switzerland. Mountains plus guns. It's a great combination. But it's interesting. The reason I wanted to talk about Europe today was that they're facing all the same problems we're facing, only worse because they have a European Union over them. Imagine if we had an American Union that included uh, people from South and North America and Central America altogether ruling on how, we could, uh, how many immigrants we could have in the United States or non-citizens move. We'd never put up with that. And yet, that's what's going on. Oh, here's another website. I have to copy this one, too. Marco gives me homework. So anyway, foreign situation. Not good. Final no, comments? it's not. Yeah. And we're still spending trillions of dollars we don't have, borrowing trillions we don't have. And Brandon is giving uh, illegal cluster bombs to the Ukraine. That's a travesty right there. Yeah, yeah. 120 countries ban cluster bombs, and Brandon is giving to Ukraine. And he admits we don't have ammo. I mean, it's just, it's a cluster, you know what. <laughs> F-bomb. Cluster F-bomb. But cluster bombs are disgusting. I mean, they're really a horrible weapon. All right, I've had enough. We'll get to more foreign policy stuff in the next few days. But basically, you know, it's interesting. They all boil down to the same problems. An oppressive government, the EU, in the case of Europe, uh, our own illegal government. Uh, too many immigrants. Stupid environmental policies like Nitrogen pollution, uh, changing individual rights to human rights, and including things like healthcare, education, housing, livable wages, and things like that. It's all from the left. All our problems come down to the left. And that's the problem. But it's interesting, all these countries are having all the same problems and they refuse to deal with them. We don't, they don't, nobody does. And the results are so obvious, we know what's going to happen. That's the crazy part. All right, I'm done. I'm going to play a couple commercials. Come back tomorrow. We've got uh, Bill Fecky kicks us off uh, with the Fecky Report. We've got uh, Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God Report. Then we've got um, Bonnie Nesbitt with uh, the Bond Report. <laughs> i got to make her a theme. I'll do that today. I it's a good thing I reminded myself, so let me, let me uh, put down my, my note here, Bond theme. <laughs> oh, the things I get away with. Too much fun around here. All right, it's been fun. Play a couple commercials. Um, you got my new ID on uh, all our contact information that's already in the show, so I don't have to give that um, again. Um, but uh, I'll see the main one, blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction and writeyourloss.com. Those are the two big ones. From that, you can get everything else. All right, it's been fun. It's been interesting. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, and we will do it all again. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself 
Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engine. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. <laughs> 